Are you joking? That's... No. <laughs> That's it. You're not. You're joking. <laughs> no. He wants to conquer all of Central America. <laughs> Welcome to We Talk About Dead People, a podcast where we pick two dead people and talk about their lives. I'm your host, Aaron C., and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, James D. Say hi, James. You know, Republicans are like Kit Kat bars. You can break them in half and eat them with your friends. Yes. (laughs) That's like the last show we closed with you saying, (laughs) and I also voted for Bernie Sanders. (laughs) I feel like I have to attack all the sides. Well, you're doing a great job. Excellent. Uh, I think so, anyway. <clears throat> we hope to keep our listeners entertained and interested while we break down these characters from the odd and exciting family that is humanity. The way this works is that James and I will do our amateurs best to give a basic account of the major events in these people's lives and how they responded to them. We also hope to give a fairly accurate depiction of their individual character, which is harder to do, but we're going to try anyway. So, James, who do we have this week? We have Edward Drinker Cope and my drunk ass. I mean, William <laughs> Wanker. I'm Walker. William Walker. God. Well, Pickles, what do you think? Meow. Oh, God, you can't say that on the air. Meow. Just, just throw that cat out the window. All right. Well, there are advantages to having a history lab in space. Are, are we ever going to just rebuild the old history lab? I, I really miss being underground. Space is kind of weird. Just the other day, I had to lend a space alien a cup of sugar, and I'm even not even sure that fucker was baking cookies. I mean, he didn't bring us any, so... Well, I'm sure he'll thank us somehow. Oh, I'd be better with cookies. Wookies or no Wookies, we have a job to do, but first, a word to our patrons. Ooh. James? <laughs> is that the word? Do you have a word for our patrons? Just one uh, word. One you word. One word. Uh, belly. Very good. Thank you. Just want to say thanks, actually, to our patrons, because guess what? Hmm. What? They're doing some good for the show, baby. They're doing the Lord's work. Yes. Uh, so here's the deal. <laughs> James has been recording the podcast on his crappy little MacBook mm-hmm. for a year now, mm, um, yep. and it is on its last legs, everybody. It's... It's about there. Um... It's about time to just old yeller the old MacBook, and <laughs> it's uh, it's gonna be sad. Uh, we've been through a lot with this guy. Uh, this is how it all we started, and now mm-hmm. he's um, that little laptop sitting on your desk. Mm-hmm. He's about to That's join how Steve Jobs in the the great beyond. But <laughs> but for now, going home to Father Jobs. <laughs> Yes, so, so patrons, thank you. Your money and your effort have helped make a brighter America, a brighter future, a brighter podcast. I have used your money to buy a new laptop that doesn't suck ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's not like he bought a $10,000 computer. No, <laughs> it's 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 a little thing that will actually work and run Audacity, so we can keep doing this shit for you. Yeah, it'll yeah. So, it'll do, pig. It'll do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, so I just uh, just kind of want to say thanks to the Adams. I want to talk about Avocado Slammendorf, mm. uh, mm-hmm. giver. We want to talk about Becca, who gave us a wonderful gift, and Mr. Kato of Norway, and mm. Chris Abu, Reed Rankin, Randy. We're talking Sith Psychopath. We're talking Spotted Nymph, wow. Stephen Demek. All you guys, all you guys. It's like a have family. brought us life. You've brought us life. Oh. And, you know, your money's not just going into our pockets. It's going straight to this goddamn show. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. We're not bought out yet. <laughs> we kind of are. But if Applebee's ever ever offers, I will I will fucking fold in a second. <laughs> Applebee's, do I am I'm ready. Just I'll do anything, um, really, for any amount too. Just give me a like an apple and I will I will be a sellout faster than you can say Applebee for my knees. <laughs> There yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. So, oh. yes. Thank you to all our patrons who have given so generously in the past. We uh, we love you, and you love us, and that is why the show will keep going without us having to struggle with a dying laptop every time. <laughs> it's like it's like if you had a relative die in the hospital, and they were like super important mm-hmm. to like what you did, so you had to keep resurrecting them with various black magics to keep the show right. going. That's exactly what it's like. Right. Yeah. But thankfully, now to our patrons, I can just unplug my relative and watch the uh, sweet grips of death take yes, them away. Yes, exactly. And uh, we can continue yeah. our show. So, with all that being said, shall we go to the history lab? To the history lab! Hell yeah. Two men. One, a Quaker who got boned a lot. The other, not a millennial, a believer in manifest destiny, an American asshole, and not popular in Central America. These two joyous blobs of carbon brought life to the fairyland when there was no light left in the eyes of our children. So, James, Mm -hmm. tell me, if you had... Oh, fuck. That's the same one as last time. Hold on, I gotta come up with something. Uh, All right, I'll uh, I'll entertain the audience. Um, Okay. Zippity doo da, zippity day. My oh my, America's the way. With stars and banners and freedom so bright. Kill the commies and fight the good fight. (laughs) That was already a fucked up song. Uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, so are we good to go now? Yeah, or, uh, yeah. okay, here we go, here we go. This is what I came okay. up with, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. okay? All right. If you had to invent a pancake, mm-hmm. how would you do it, and what flavor would it be? Mm, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what I would do is I would head out west immediately, just jump on the nearest stagecoach, and off we go. I would find the last remaining herd of buffalo, <laughs> and I would slaughter them all. Mm-hmm. And then I would... Uh, I'd skin them into very thin pieces, uh, and then with a round cookie cutter, I would cookie cut those pieces. So I uh, I have all these dead buffalo raw uh, pancakes, Ugh. and I'd serve them up to the Native Americans. <laughs> oh, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm Manifest destiny. We'll be talking about that a lot today. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Uh, so, what would you do with them? Pancake. With a pancake? Uh, lots of things. Or what, but if I were what, to make my own pancake... <laughs> That's it. Mm. Here's how I would do it, okay? 
Okay. okay. I would go and get all of the sparkling water I could. Oh. Yeah. And pour all of it on the ground. <laughs> Good. And then I would grind up those glass bottles and aluminum cans or whatever and and put them all into a nice bowl, mix them up with some Hungry Jack, mm-hmm. sponsored by Hungry Jack, throw them on the <laughs> pan and cook them up. And I would serve them to you because I couldn't care less oh. if you were dead. <laughs> oh, huh. tasty. You, you know, mm-hmm. nothing... Nothing makes me hungrier than apathy for friends. That's um, that's true. Really works up an appetite. (laughs) It does. Apathy is hungry work. Oh, God. (laughs) So, uh, computer, please bring up Edward Drinker Cope and William Walker. Affirmative, my lord. So, Aaron, tell me, what is Edward Drinker Cope best known for? Edward Drinker Cope is best known for being a super smart sciencey man who got involved in the spookiest war of all time. Oh, shit. Yeah, and we're oh. doing it a month before Halloween. Two months, Ooh. about. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Yeah. So what does this spooky science war man look like? Um, this man looks oh. dead inside. <laughs> oh, he does. You yeah. included a picture. Yes. <laughs> look at him. Does he not wow. look like a corpse? He looks like a corpse. Yep, he looks like a corpse with uh, wavy hair and uh, like a goatee, I guess. You know what's really bothering me? Hmm. He he has his hair parted, but it's not down the center. It's not to the side. It's like a, a centimeter off center. <laughs> Do you see that? Yeah. And it's really bothering me because it doesn't match up with his his nose. Yeah. And it. Oh, I don't know. You're right. It's just men who don't have the the basic human instinct of parting their, their hair the right way. Can't mm-hmm. trust them. No. Untrustworthy parts. And that's coming from me, who's never been to a barber in my entire life. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. Never in your whole life? Never in my whole life. My mom cut my hair until I was, like, 14, and then I've been cutting my hair since. Wow. And, um... It looks atrocious. <laughs> but that's how much I believe in individualism. Uh, yes, of, co- of course. This has everything to do with the individual. Who needs a barber's crutch when <laughs> my hair is the crown of an ubermensch? Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Why tip Dude, a barber when is... you can tip yourself? <laughs> It is six o'clock on a Monday evening. <laughs> I don't know why we're recording now. I just drank three full glasses of coffee because I have no self-respect. What? But why? <laughs> it's six o'clock. Because I gotta stay night. woke, man. I gotta stay oh, woke. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, what was William Walker best known for, James? Mm-hmm. William Walker is best known for being an infamous American filibuster and also being the role model that us shitty millennials need in this dark time. Now, hold on. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between a filibuster and a Teletubby? Oh, okay. Well, filibusters believe in the difference between good and evil, whereas Teletubbies see it as one and the same. That's the main difference. That is the, Now, if say. we want to get into the Latin roots, there are some other aspects. That, okay. Mm, but that's that's all I'll say now. Oh. Well, 
good enough for me. So what did <laughs> William Walker look like? William Walker looks like a B-movie version of John Wayne combined <laughs> with a shittier version of Andrew Jackson. Oh, God. What a combo. Also, wow. here we go. And I, I know we're not a visual mode of entertainment, but he actually kind of looks like me if I were to shave my beard and believe in Manifest Destiny a bit more than I already do. Ah. Uh. Oh. You don't believe me, but look it up. Look it up right now. What, Manifest Destiny? No, no, William Walker. He looks like me if I didn't have a beard. All right. And I was um, more racist. Uh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. It's Speaking actually... of atrocious haircuts. Yeah, it's actually not that far off. I, I don't think. I don't know. Uh, People are going to be able to find out what you look like at last. I'd have to lose some weight, too. <laughs> You'd have to lose a lot of weight because that guy is like a skeleton. <laughs> yeah. The the pillows under his eyes are like like a big comfy couch <laughs> on either side. <laughs> Just sleep on William Walker's face. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah. <clears throat> what do you say we move into Edward Drinker Cope's early life? I say yay. Okay. Today... That's the way. <laughs> and guess what? I didn't make a single joke about Edward drinking to cope. Oh, God. Man, really? Yeah, really. I, I'm impressed. You know you why? Because you drank to cope with your lack of... No, because he's a Quaker. <laughs> <laughs> so, so t yeah. are, we, are you going to tell me what a Quaker is? Uh, I don't know much about Quakers, bro. Neither do I. Except that... They are the hottest piece of ass east of Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm so ready. <laughs> so, uh, Edward Drinker Cope <laughs> came onto the scene in the April of 1840. Uh, a mere 3,000 years, by the way, before the Glagbog War broke out in the third heaven beyond the stars. Oh, shit. Yeah, so, like I said, he was the son of some Quakers <laughs> named Alfred and Hannah. Mm. Um, the most Quaker-sounded names <laughs> available. <laughs> True. Um, yeah. You know, top stock here. <laughs> and these, these are the people, get this, these were the people who were behind the baffling decision to name him Edward Drinker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Cope was raised on a farm. Um, okay. Unfortunately, he lost his mother, Hannah, when he was only three. Well, that's what you get. But he... For what? <laughs> Being a woman? Oh, my God. Wow, we're off to a great start. I keep shouting, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right, so <clears throat> he lost his mom when he was three. Mm -hmm. But it didn't really bother him uh, so much because he didn't really have much time to bond with her. Um, well, sure, he's three years old. Right, so he actually bonded better with his stepmom, who was named Rebecca Biddle. Um, oh. This matters, I think. Okay. <laughs> So, Cope's family, so far, so good. Cope's family was a wealthy one. Um, hmm. His father ran a shipping business, which allowed him to donate money to his church, the Philadelphia hmm. Philosophical, the Philadelphia Zoological Gardens, and Shit. get this, the Institute for Colored Youth, hmm. which is the modern-day Cheney University, which is the oldest African American school of higher education in America. Wow, good yeah. for him. So, uh, yeah. and of course, it'd be the oldest one in America because you know. African-American, I suppose. But, um, what? What? 
I said what? it was the oldest African-American school of higher education, and then I said in America, but that seems obvious because it's the oldest African-American school of higher education. Right. It's right. in the name. <laughs> you got it. Do we need to mark this? <laughs> no, we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> I'm marking it anyway. <laughs> Cheney University was in business since 1837. Do the math. Seven divided by four <laughs> times the Klingon War is... 37 years? Yeah, 37 fucking years. No. Oh. In business since 1837. Wow. That's 37 years. <laughs> but here's the thing. So, like, it's not really, <laughs> it's not really surprising that Quakers would be giving... Um, this kind of a school money back then. Okay, uh, yeah. Because Quakers tended to be abolitionists on the whole. Right. Um, in fact, it was like a part of their doctrine, that sort of thing. Neat. So they were ahead of their time, is what I'm saying. Even though, like, now they're behind the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> Ironically enough. So anyway, um, oh, Edward oh. Drinker Cope seems to have had a really good family, which is great. Yeah, it is. So he grew up in s somewhere in P Philadelphia, uh, in a house that featured a fantastic garden for the children to explore. Aww. And the Copes educated their children well, and Edward learned a lot about zoology and gardening. Nice. Yeah. At the age of nine, Edward Cope was sent to what amounts to elementary school for three years before being transferred to the Friends Boarding School in Pennsylvania. Hmm. And Friends is just, I think, what Quakers call each other. Yeah. So. Oh, so they're like communists. Um. <laughs> I didn't read enough about the Quakers to, to make a comment on that, so there you go. But anyway, so it, well, one has food, the other doesn't, so... That's that's absolutely fucking true. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. anyway, so this was, like, not a cheap school. Mm. Um, and it was worth the price, nonetheless, though. Because Edward learned a fuck-ton of math, science, anatomy, Latin, and scripture. Oh. Uh, I mean, the last thing isn't surprising, though. They're literally Quakers. <laughs> they are literally Quakers, yeah, that is the most Christian thing since Jesus Christ on a surfboard. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, he did okay in school, alright? So, like, by okay, though, I mean, he was just shy of perfect in everything but penmanship. Hmm. At which he thoroughly sucked. <laughs> the other thing that happened a lot was fighting. Edward got into a lot oh. of fights, mainly because he had a bad temper which would come up later. Now, aren't Quakers usually pacifist? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So anyway, um, during the summers, he was back on the family farm being groomed into what's called a gentleman farmer. Hmm. The goals here were mainly two. One, being a gentleman farmer was a good way to make money and maintain a comfortable lifestyle. Sure. The other goal was to get that boy in shape because he was a bony, bony boy. <laughs> Perhaps that's foreshadowing. You'll see what I mean. You gotta gain the old LBs. Uh, yeah. So Lyndon B. Johnson, that is. Oh my God. <laughs> on the farm. <laughs> so he needed to grow a bit, and they were trying to give him a you know a vocation or whatever to become a gentleman farmer. Yeah. Um, or whether or not whether or not the actual like bulking up thing worked is in doubt. Um, but the main <laughs> problem was not that of ambition, but of interest, because Ooh. you see. Edward Drinker Cope wanted to be a scientist. <clears throat> oh, shit. He'd spent a ton of time reading books and doing learny things that he, um, so much time, in fact, that he had so little patience for the tedium of farm work, he announced that he just wanted to live life and go on adventures. Mm. And believe me, he would. 
he would. Oh, shit. <laughs> so when Ed turned 18, he started working at the Academy of Natural Sciences, where he spent his time working in catalogs of various biological specimens. Okay. And all that means is that he was going through correcting errors, correcting descriptions of specimens, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's yeah. an entry level job. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I am falling asleep. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> so while he was doing this, he also started learning French and German. Why? Because uh, he's a goddamn traitor, is what it sounds like. <laughs> That's exactly right. But also, mm -hmm. he wanted to be able to read fresh scientific texts coming hot off the German and French presses. Oh, that makes sense, too. And if you know anything about scientific tests in the 1800s, the ones that were coming from Germany... Uh... Uh-huh. Yeah? Yeah. We'll get there. Oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so at the same time, he's making some money renting off a piece of land that his father gave him, uh, which he used to increase his opportunities in sciencey things. Oh, all right. Yeah. There we go. And he actually really started to prove himself in science, which is probably why his dad finally agreed to send him off to the University of Pennsylvania, where he studied nice. comparative anatomy. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, slightly more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, does this person have a skeletal structure that looks like this mouse? And they were like, oh, yeah, it kind of does. And evolution was born. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Edward was wow. actually a... I think Neo-Lamarckian, which is slightly different from a Darwinist, but uh, I'm not sure exactly what the difference is, because well, I'll admit, was I didn't Darwin later. <laughs> didn't Origin of the Species come out later, man? I don't remember. I mean, it kind of did, but he ended up, like, disagreeing with it. Oh, good. So people, he's a good Christian boy. Yeah, so people were already... Well, no, see, he disagreed <laughs> with it, but only slightly. Oh. Yeah, and I, I read it, but I didn't Saucy. write it down because I didn't... God damn it. I read it, but I didn't write it down because I didn't think it was interesting enough. Uh, right. But there's a, sl a few slight differences between Lamarckian theory and Darwinian theory. Hmm. All uh, right. The point is that they were sort of competing and they both, like, were, I, from what I could tell, modifying one another to become better. Okay, sure. Lamarckian yeah. theory ended up being, I guess, sort of forgotten about, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so after studying comparative anatomy, um, he started studying reptiles... And yeah. did it for five years. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And this is basically <sighs> like a time when all you could do is stare at the lizard and just write things down. <laughs> Which is fine. That's what science yeah. is all about. It's all about observation. So, yeah. Someone's got to do it, right? Yeah. Someone's got to do it. Exactly. And, you know, this is all well and good, okay? We've got this strapping young lad, and he's finally yeah. making some headway. But do right. you know what time it is, James? I do not. It is time for the American Civil War! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Our boy Edward Drinker Cope is going to be sent off to war, except oh, no. Shit. No, oh. he's not. He's a Quaker, and Quakers <laughs> don't fight. Oh, there it is. Okay, right. Um, I mean, he showed some brief interest in working as a medic. Um, uh, then he decided it would be better for him to head to the south to help free the slaves. Um, which is admirable as fuck. The problem yeah. was Cope got involved in a love affair um, and simultaneously hmm. started re to realize that war was not a thing he wanted to be a part of. He was receiving oh. letters from field surgeons on the front and the shit they told him convinced him he had not the stomach to saw off arms and legs and shit like that. So, so let me get this straight. Yes. So this Quaker ass is back home in Philly and he's... Staring at frogs yep. and lizards 
While those brave boys around him are dying in the fields, having their arms sawed off and fed to them for freedom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's wow. exactly what's happening, James. This this dude is goddamn atrocity. Yeah, yeah, but he just decided that like, hey, I don't, I don't have the guts for this. No, I, I just I just wasn't for him. Uh, and also the love affair that I mentioned went sour. Yeah, he's got that booty call. Yeah. Oh, shit, it went poor. <laughs> it went bad, okay? And oh. so the poor bastard was heartbroken and worth oh. very little as far as morale goes. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, he could still be drafted, but uh-oh, he's going to Europe. Oh. To dodge the draft? Eh, we're not sure. Some letters oh. he wrote to his father indicate that he totally expected to be drafted no matter where he was. Um, <laughs> but it seems like whatever the case, the draft never reached him. Huh. Uh, he right. reports being bored with Europe, but not what? with the people. <laughs> <laughs> why? <laughs> you know why? Because he was meeting the best scientists in all the land. From wow. France to Eastern Europe, he was getting meetings with all kinds of fancy scientists and shit like that. Just taking them out to lunch and shit. Wow, good for him. Yeah. So, uh, in 1963, or 1963? Jesus Christ. 1863, things began to change when he met a man named Othniel Charles Marsh. No, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> wow. On a f- that is a name. Yes, and he, mot- he met Mott. He met Othniel Charles Marsh. <laughs> On a fateful wintry night in Berlin. Ooh. Yeah. So here's the deal. Mm-hmm. Berlin, 1863. What do mm. you know about the scientific community in Berlin in 1863? It's, um, they're sticking test tubes where test tubes are not supposed to be stuck. <laughs> and then they're writing down some, some old numbers. Yup. They're doing I that. Have, but I have no idea. They're I, also... I, I can't tell you what single thing about German science in the 1860s. <laughs> so please enlighten. I am so ignorant. <laughs> I'm gonna ch- I'm just gonna make it easy for you, okay? Alright. Scientific fucking racism. Oh, okay. Big shit. Never mind. But we're not then. gonna stop there on that subject because it'll come up later, but right now oh, great. this was the atmosphere, this was the scientific community at the time. I mean, it, it was literally, like, they were measuring intelligence by brain size and shit like that. Um, okay. skull shape, all that, cr- I mean, shitty, shitty stuff. And this wasn't restricted to Germany, okay? It just, sure. Germany was the center of it, and people from all over the world, including Americans, were benefiting off of the, like, really fucking awful tests they were doing. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, one of these days we'll really get into that, but today is not that day, because let's not get depressed! <laughs> Well, and my head is also bigger than yours, and we don't want to start. No, we don't want to start an argument. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so he was he was meeting with this guy named Othniel Charles Marsh, Uh and Othniel Marsh was a student at uh, a university there. Uh, I didn't write down which one because I am a dumbass, and I didn't write it down because we don't write anything. Obviously, Um, but Othniel Marsh and Edward Drinker Cope had something in common. You're going to guess? They're, uh, they're both weeaboos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, basically that. Um, they okay. were wealthy academics, so yeah, basically oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Othniel Marsh was uh, in his early 30s, and he was really accomplished. He had finished a geology gre- degree at Yale three years earlier. Oh, okay. Um, 
And in Berlin, he was studying anatomy, but more importantly, paleontology. There it is. Yep, there it is. And this was a man who was clearly doing better than Edward Drinker Cope. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, at least that's how it looked. Because Edward Drinker Cope only had the one degree. Uh, He wasn't teaching. I mean, he was still in his 20s, I think, at this time. I think he was like 23. Right. Um, So, you know, he's looking at this guy and he's idolizing him, right? So they became, yeah, they became fast friends and like Mm. went all over Berlin together, like taking selfies and shit. Yeah. Um, You know, with uh, various skulls um, of indigenous (laughs) tribes. (laughs) (laughs) The indigenous Um, tribes of Berlin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, Basically, so like they're they're just like touring this city together, and Othniel Marsh is showing Edward Cope all this cool shit, mm-hmm. um, and like it looks like the trip and the meeting were not exactly good things for Edward Cope. Um, huh. I th- I think what happened, and I could be completely wrong about this, was that he was like comparing himself to Marsh. Oh shit. Um, and so when he got back to the United States, he had like a nervous breakdown and burnt a whole bunch of his writings and findings. Oh, man, uh, okay. Before his friends could stop him. They were describing it as, like, a partial suicide. Oh, shit. Like, <laughs> that's how broken down this guy was. Yikes. So, the life preserver his family threw for him uh, was good connections. That would get him a job teaching zoology at a small Quaker school called Haverford College. Mm-hmm. But Edward Drinker Cope had a major roadblock to being admitted as an official teacher. He didn't have a master's degree, which meant he was disqualified from teaching. But no matter, the college, longtime friends with the Cope family just up and gave him an honorary degree so he could start (laughs) teaching. Good. Uh, Connections. Connections. Corruption. Corruption. (laughs) Doesn't matter. He's a teacher. There we go. Yep. And once he started teaching, Edward Drinker Cope started to think about the next steps in his life. He considered getting married, and he'd already decided who he would marry before he even met her. How? Oh, oh dear. (laughs) Well, he had an image in his head of a deeply Christian woman, practical, smart, and serious. He wanted Mm. nothing to do with a woman who didn't take her career seriously. All right. So he went for a fellow Quaker named Annie Pym. Hmm. And the two got well along well enough, uh, well enough to get married anyway, for what that's oh. worth. But they didn't think of themselves as the traditional couple. They were companions chiefly, and the two had only one daughter together. Oh, all right. Which all is right. a far cry from typical Quaker behavior, right? Just right. One, it's yeah. one kid, right? Usually stick um, that rod in and pop him out, but now it's... Jesus, uh, God, you gotta stop. Like I'm gonna fucking <laughs> kill you. <laughs> All right. So, That's what I want. I'm too scared to do it by my own hand, so I'm trying to push you to the edge. <laughs> I'm getting there, man. I'm getting there. Just hang in there. Good. Yeah, uh, a right. couple more fart jokes, and I'll be ready to kill you. All right. Great. <laughs> so this is about the time that Cope's career actually started to get interesting, because right up till mm. now, he's just kind of like a science guy, you know? Yeah. Edward yeah. Drinker Cope, the science guy. <laughs> Drinker Cope, the science dope. I don't know. <laughs> Hey, man, this science is really dope. (laughs) Um, No. Yeah, okay, you're right. right. No. All right, I'll quit. I'll quit. I'm trying to push you to the edge, too. (laughs) We have... Yeah, we gotta kill each other. Yeah. That's how the show's gonna end. We're just gonna shoot each other. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) For the last time. (laughs) So, anyway... He starts getting really interested in marine life, which is, you know, 
Way more interesting than regular life. God damn it. <laughs> what? All right, good for him. What, what the hell? Is that, like, boring uh, or something? Yeah, because I'm an ignorant asshole who knows <laughs> nothing about biology. <laughs> Marine life is fucking crazy, bro. Uh, yeah, it's not uh, just, like, I fish. I played Subnautica. I know that, man. I know. Yeah, okay. So, he I've found him... I've been to an aquarium... <laughs> I, I killed my goldfish because I dropped him on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. Yeah, I did. No. Well, I, I was cleaning his little his little bowl, and then I, I dropped him in the sink. Oh. The, the poor fucker was like, you know, stunned but flopping around, and I was like, oh, shit, Davy Jones. And so I picked him up, and his name was Davy Jones. Oh. And then I, I dropped, oh, my God, I dropped him on the, the ground, <gasps> and, uh... He just lay there, and there was no more flopping. It was so sad. I felt so bad. But, yeah, so so me and marine biology, we don't mix. I, I can tell you literally kill as much marine life as you could get your hands on. I am like the Hitler of goldfish, all right? That's just a fact, and it's... It's sad. Oh, my God, I just yeah. took a drink when you said that. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, well. so he's studying marine life, all right? All right. <laughs> right. He starts investigating a large amphibian known all as right. the Amphibamus grandiceps, uh, okay. which was extinct, and I looked at a drawing of this thing, <laughs> and I think it means, all it means is amphibian with large hands. <laughs> My Latin might be wrong there, but <laughs> go look. If you go look at the picture, it's just this, all right. We're doing this. It's just this salamander with massive hands. <laughs> so my ex-girlfriend, huh? <laughs> Wait, did we date the same girl? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, it's <laughs> so cute. I know. I would drop that thing on my kitchen floor faster than you can say. Amphibian, my Fibian. <laughs> yeah. It does have big hands. Uh -huh. It's got kind of a scary-looking face, too. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. Adorable, though. Anyway, so this sure. was uh, Edward Drinker Cope's first contribution to paleontology. Great. And it was to lead down a long road of adventure, if you can believe that. <laughs> I can't. I really can't. That's fine. You don't have to believe anything. <laughs> So, uh, as Cope's interest grew in paleontology, so did his understanding of how to actually further the field. He discovered, as many people did around this time, that there was a much better chance of finding the bones of extinct creatures in the western part of the United States. Okay. Right? So, like, in Colorado and shit, they were finding sure. lots of bones. So, yeah. he went on trips far west and decided that, indeed, he would have to go west to find the fossils he was looking for. Wow. So what's a man to do? Pick up his whole goddamn family and move to the far west state of New Jersey. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> now, my geography is a bit fuzzy, but <laughs> New Jersey, huh? Yeah, so that was That's only west. west if you live in fucking Ireland. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was wester than he was before. All right. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, Cope was running out of money. Um, but sure. fortunately, he had a rich dad. So he begged old dad for some cash, but dad was like, sell the farm. <laughs> so that's exactly what Cope did. He sold his family farm to fuel his science addiction. Oh, shit. Yeah. And over the course of a few, and it had been steady income, but he needed like a lump sum to go on these expeditions, right? Yeah. Um, and over the course of a few years, from 1869 onward, Cope headed further southwest toward Tennessee and North Carolina, but he was spending most of his time in the fossil beds of Haddonfield, New Jersey. You know, <laughs> right. digging around in the dirt, finding trilobites, and oh, discovering fucking dinosaurs! <laughs> what? <laughs> Namely, the Dryptosaurus. <laughs> Which is basically... That's what they called me in college. <laughs> <laughs> well, it works out because it's basically a tiny drip of a T-Rex. Oh. And that wow. is all the description I'm giving. I mean, <laughs> the point is this man makes headlines. You don't just yeah. discover a tiny drip of a T-Rex and not make headlines. Right. I mean, it's fucking awesome. If you go look at a Dryptosaur, it's like a smaller T-Rex. They're badass, man. Nice. Um, and that's that's the kind of cool shit that people want to see, you know? Um, he was also sent a fucking plesiosaur skeleton. Um, Whoa. Yeah. Do you know what a plesiosaur is? Um, Think the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. One of those so, yes. long-necked assholes. Yeah, long-necked assholes. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that, actually. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> but all he did was he described the skeleton, which is what you're supposed to do in science. Mm -hmm. You just write down. He called it the Elasmosaurus. <laughs> and Cope, when reconstructing the skeleton, put the head on the wrong end. <laughs> Get your head out of your ass. Exactly. Um, and then his old buddy Othniel Marsh arrives uh -huh. in the United States, possibly lured by the promise of discovering more tiny T-Rexes. Right, I would join. Oh. I, I mean, seriously, though, he's got to get in on this shit. I mean, sure. it's you're finding fucking dinosaurs. This is no <laughs> small deal. Right. <laughs> um, but the problem is that Othniel and Edward have been on the outs. Oh. You see, like children, they're jealous of each other. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, so in the 1870s, when Cope was in his 30s, things really started to go down oh, and no. get real and get monstrous. But we'll come back to that when we return to Edward Drinker Cope's adult life. And in the meantime, I'm going to drink to Cope. Hmm. That's a good beer. <laughs> wow. Uh, so what do you think, James? <laughs> what? What? I don't know. I don't know. I feel that funny. I'm so fucking tired. What happened? All right. Nothing. I just lost the will to live once again. All right. What? We have to know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I wasn't. I don't know what I was laughing about. Oh, okay. I was possessed by some sort of hipster for a second. Well. Because hipsters laugh too much. <laughs> hey, anyway. Let me take this moment before we go into William Walker's early life. Yeah. To talk about our official sponsor, uh, Glade. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want to talk about something that's been going ongoing today. Okay. Oh, okay. And yeah. I want everyone to hear about it because it is fucking amazing. All right? Oh. So there's this guy who is one uh -huh. of our patrons named Sith Psychopath. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. This guy is like our biggest fucking fan. Like, this guy just loves the show. And we love him back. Mm -hmm. And he's been working on a special project for us. 
which we will talk about, you and I personally, off the air. Oh, um, God. But in the meantime, I, I just want to give a shout out to Sith Psychopath, man. You are you are the reason we live. Um, because we it's have you no other we live for. I've been talking to him for a couple of days now. Uh, oh, nice. But yeah, he's been working on this special project. I'll tell you all about it off the air. Um, but yeah, this is a guy who mm. deserves some love because he's given so much to us. And uh, I mean, th- that goes for a lot of people following us. But Sith Psychopath has been like out of his way helpful. I mean, it- he asked me one time if it mm-hmm. would help the show at all for him to run it on all of his devices at once and just leave it running overnight. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, he asked That's if he could dedication. He asked if he could do some research for us. I mean, wow. This guy is this guy's tight. And so, yeah, 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 for sure. What do you want to say, James? Well, if we're Jesus and we are, he's yeah. like John the Baptist. Basically. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not, again, not discounting the other people who get engaged, but this guy is like probably like our most engaged fan. And yeah, we yeah, love he's him up for there. it. Yeah. yeah. We, we do have, we have quite a few fanatical fans. Like it's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like a. An honor guard. It's true. Them. It's true. Lunatics. <laughs> you got fucking retold and with Becca, like mm. that, that lady, man. She likes everything, and oh, we got yeah. Joseph Smith's wife, Emma Smith. She likes, seems to like everything, and yeah. it's like, goddamn, you know, we got some people who really care about the show, and that warms my heart because we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't give two shits about this show. <laughs> that's not true. It's no, that's not true blood. at all. <laughs> We love you guys. But yeah, a- anyway, I just, I, I just, my heart was full today, and uh, oh. just wanted to send that little shout out. To oh, that's, that's good, man. That's good. And the other guy who I've been in contact with, who has been just wonderful, is of course Bryce Blankenagel of the Naked Mormonism podcast. We've been working with him on some, uh, some little crossover bits once again. Oh, uh, no spoilers, yeah. but it's gonna be good, baby. Oh, and shit. Uh, yeah, so you know, it's really cool. It's really hard sometimes to like. Being just two foolish idiots trying to get by, it's really yeah. hard to express our gratitude all the time uh, on, like, social media and shit. Like, because I have time to, like, send out one one or two stupid tweets a day. Right. And the rest of the time, uh, you know, I'm working multiple jobs and all that kind of bullshit. And gotta put bread on the table. Gotta put bread on the table. And yep. these people have never given up on us. They've never backed out. Um, they've been with us most of them from the very beginning and um yeah and there's a there's a lot more than we named mm-hmm. um there are and thank you thank you all yeah. jokes aside it means the world to my pet hedgehog yes yeah how's fluffers doing fluffers is uh tragically passed away last night good i hated that fucker <laughs> shall we go into william walker's early life uh, if I can find it on our not written out schedule, yeah. Just, um, <laughs> just hang on. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. There we go. Perfect. All right. In my mind. So William tell Walker. Us, tell us some shit about mm-hmm. William Walker. I'll tell you some shit. I'll tell you some shit. William Walker begins his life in the most American way possible. Oh, shit. He rolled yeah. out of an American flag. Pretty much. Nice. Yes. No, no, no. You joke, but these are like the five big points of being a true American. 
Okay. Ready? All right. And let's see. Let's you know, see how many I fit with. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. All right. All right. So number one, William Walker was born in 1824. That's not the point. This is the point. In the heart of America, Nashville, Tennessee. Fuck. I wasn't born in Nashville. Where were you born? Rockford, <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Where were you born? Wow. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> Some marshland. <laughs> Just popped out of a leprechaun's ass. Oh my god. That's how it happened. <laughs> Jesus. Alright, number two. Number two. Uh, William's dad was a Scottish immigrant, alright? Fuck. And... Yeah, so we're talking, like, the good type of immigrant. Like, hard-working, American, Protestant type of immigrant, right? Uh, I mean, my immigrants were British. My immigrant family were British. Yeah, yeah. so that's the bad type. Yeah, the bad type of Protestant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so I'm so zero you're for, for two. two. <laughs> ah, all right. All right. Uh, number three. William's mom was the daughter of a guy named Lipscomb Norvell. <laughs> okay. Who did the very American thing of fighting against our British oppressors during the Revolutionary War. I don't think I had any relatives who did that. Jesus Christ. Because they were right. British. <laughs> <laughs> are you even American? No, are you not like at all. Some I literally, my ancestors literally were against... <laughs> <laughs> the freedom of America. Wow. All right. That's. I don't know if we can go can on. Can we keep I mean, doing the show? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm. I'm kind of hurt that I've been doing this so long with some English son of a bitch. But anyway, <laughs> so 0 for three. 0 for three. I, right, if I, you can just hit one of these. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Number four. William's uncle, John Norvell, was an American senator and the founder of the famous uh, newspaper, the Philadelphia Inquirer. See, I, I'm so not American. You are not. No. You know, you're, uh, yeah. If Putin and Saddam Hussein had a baby together, that would be you. That's how un-American you are. <laughs> oh, God, okay. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> Number five. All right, your last chance. Yes. William was engaged early to a girl girl named Ellen, but she died of yellow fever before they could be married, which is very American. That is really American, and that means I'm not American at all, because I am over five. Wow. Oh um, fuck, bro. Ow, and my foot's <clears throat> asleep too. Ugh. Well, I didn't I didn't write this in our non existent script, but I will say that there are a couple things you can do to uh become an American. You oh. know, it's kind of like earning your citizenship. Alright. Um, you can gain 200 pounds. You what? can bomb children in a desert country. Oh my god, we're going there. Yeah, huh. I, I, those are probably your two only your only two options. What, what was the first one again? You blipped out. Gain 200 pounds. Oh, I can do that easy. Perfect. All right, well, then we can keep on doing the show. All right. All right. What a All relief. Phew. Right. <laughs> All right. But as for William... Walker, this dude ain't fucking around, right? Alright, alright. He, and he just keeps on moving up the old ladder. When he was only 14 fucking years old, he graduated summa cum laude from the University of Nashville. Oh. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Studying and then he traveled. What? Uh, medicine. Oh. Okay. And, uh, I mean, I, I guess you can study medicine in Tennessee. I did not expect that, but it's a thing. 
So then he traveled to Scotland where he studied medicine at the University of Edinburgh and then he went to Germany where he studied more medicine at the University of Heidelberg. Oh wait, and wait, wait. Returned... Hold up. Is this in the mid 1800s? This is in the mid 1800s. Oh fuck. Here we <laughs> well, go. Well, this is like in the 1820s. But, 30s. Yeah, well, he was 14 and he was born in Yeah, so it was what 38, 1838. Something like that, yeah. I don't know math. Neither do I. <laughs> All right, so he studied at Heidelberg. Yep. And then he uh, he returned to America where he received his metal de- medical degree at the University of Pennsylvania at the age of 19. Oh, shit. A 19-year-old with a medical degree? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's par for the course due to age inflation back then. <laughs> and keep in mind that medical degrees back then was like... Here, throw this leech on his forehead. All right, that's all we can do but pray. (laughs) All right. I'm an expert in it. (laughs) Right, of course. Yeah, so he stayed in Philadelphia for a few years, practicing medical things for a bit, but then decided that, fuck it, this isn't enough. So he packed up his bags and headed to New Orleans to study law. Uh, Medicine and law? Yeah, and he's, what, 20 years old? Jesus. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. No wonder my parents are disappointed in me. <laughs> right. Well, this is the good part of William Walker's life. All right. All right. Yeah. But, um, so he practices law for a bit, but then he gets bored with that. So he became the co-owner and editor of the newspaper, the New Orleans Crescent. Good name, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is, this is what I'm talking about, people. Adaptability. Being a true Renaissance man. Oh. Uh, your your shitty degree in Etruscan fresco art hasn't gotten you a job teaching your fellow millennials about the threats of Sumerian fascism, and now you're crying about it because your froyo costs seven dollars and your dentist's office doesn't have a handicapped parking spot. What? Well, sucks to be you. Look at William Walker. He studied medicine at four universities on two separate continents. He studied and practiced law in New Orleans, and now he's the proud co-owner and bra- of a brand new newspaper. So wow. take off your leather ankle boots, drop your fair trade denim skinny jeans, reach into <laughs> your ass with both hands, and yank your head out back into this glorious American sunlight, because this is a true American. <laughs> Anything you want to add? <laughs> I just love the phrase Etruscan fresco art. <laughs> That's all yeah. I It's a thing. (laughs) All right. Carry us forward. All right. (laughs) So after a bit, William had... You better just keep going. All right. William had enough newspapering in New Orleans, so he traveled to San Francisco in 1849 to work as a journalist for the San Francisco Herald. Now, there's this guy, all right? This, uh, This other guy named William Graham, who was a clerk for the local judge. So we have two Williams. Ah. And our William, William Walker, really doesn't like how William Graham is clerking for the judge. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. So our William writes an article that basically says that William Graham and all of his colleagues are stupid for doing their job in some way or another. I couldn't find the details. But there's how dumb they are. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but Wonderful. there's a problem with this. Yeah. Because Graham is a famed gunman and duelist. Oh, shit. And I'm not say- I'm not just saying that. This guy actually fought in and survived in those classic Wild West shootouts. You know, those 
those old John Wayne movies. That was that was William Graham. Oh, you mean like where John Wayne played Genghis Khan? <laughs> exactly. <sighs> mm. Yeah, that was yeah. bad. <laughs> it works. In a weird way, yes. <laughs> Unlike me, it works. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, you're just throwing shade at yourself now. That's right. That's right. Mm, yeah. So this dude Graham probably shady boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You're you're fine. All right. All right. So there's you gonna be a duel, American right? Fascist fuck. All right. Yeah. So um, there's gonna be a duel. All right. And Graham prompt. Yeah. He. Oh my god. I'm. I'm losing it. I'm losing the fight. <laughs> Hold on there, buddy. You can get <laughs> right. through. Hang in there. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So Graham gets pissed off and right. he challenges our boy to a fight. And okay. the problem is, our boy William had never fired a revolver in his life. <laughs> oh my god! This is great. Okay. So the two met up. We're both given Colt Dragoon revolvers. I remember with those. Five bullets. Yeah. What? I remember those what from the, the Samuel Colt episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the dragoons? Right. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Those are... Wait, are those the ones that can kill a horse? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they're each given five bullets. Five bullets. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And the, the, the other thing is they're only ten paces apart. Oh, God. <laughs> so they, they're given these hand cannons with five cannonballs. <laughs> and they're staring into each other's dreamy eyes. <laughs> All right, so then the referee gives them the signal to aim and fire, and it does not go well for our boy William. Shit. Graham fires twice and hits William in the thigh and also in the leg. Oh. <laughs> Meanwhile, our boy William can't even figure out how to fire his gun. <laughs> <laughs> so he raises the pistol and he's like snapping the hammer and the trigger back and it can't fire oh, <laughs> meanwhile no. his, his legs just got impaled by lead <laughs> so he tries several times but just can't figure out how to shoot a gun even while she gets shot shit click click shit yeah. <laughs> exactly. oh god so he just falls to the ground very wounded and uh, concedes the duel to Graham <laughs> mm. I'm surprised he well I guess I'm not surprised that he conceded. Well, yeah. Because I mean, he was shot twice. <laughs> and couldn't shoot back. <laughs> yeah. All right. But never ye fear, boys and girls. Our boy William soon recovered. He fought in two other duels, <laughs> which uh, did not go better. <laughs> I should have learned his lesson the first time yeah. he got shot twice in the legs. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. Jesus. So then William decided to conquer all of Central America, make it into a giant slave state, and to be the champion of Manifest Destiny. What? <laughs> Are you joking? That's, no! <laughs> That's it. What? You're not, you're joking. <laughs> no! He wants to conquer all of Central America? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this journalist with a medical degree... <laughs> He just lost three duels, and he's like, you know what I'll do? Conquer all of Mexico. <laughs> Turn it into a slave state because it's my destiny. What the hell? How do you... 
And that's, I couldn't find anything about this transition. Every article that I read about him just, it had this lack of transition where one sentence was like, yeah, he was a journalist in San Francisco. And then the next sentence was like, yeah, he hated minorities and wanted to conquer all of South America. What the <laughs> fuck? What? Dude. Dude. So, <laughs> a bit of a change. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll be gobsmacked. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't wait to hear more. But that means we have to get through Edward Drinker Cope's adult life. Well, I'm excited to get back to, to Dinosaur Man. Yeah? Do you want to take a break or anything? I'm good if you're good. I'm good. Neither of us are good. We're all fallen, and we need the Lord's salvation to lead us back into goodness. But no, 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 no. We need Joseph Smith. Ooh. Bryce told me Ooh. so. <laughs> don't, don't give it away. Yeah, okay. Don't give it away. Um, I'm, I'm not giving anything away. Hey, how about this? How about we just take a quick break and go to our Twitter and live tweet something about the episode. Here we go. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's see if we have any messages. We have one message. Ooh. From Sith Psychopath. That crockety bastard. <laughs> um, he's informing me that there's something I need to research, but that's about it. But oh, that, that's it. I don't, how we, do you, can you live tweet? Like, I don't know if that means anything. Can you go? Li you can go live on Twitter, right? Right. Um. Add photos know, or video. No, no, no. What if I wanted to go? I don't know how to do it. Shit. Okay. Never mind. Later. We are just not that complicated. Mm -mm. Yeah. I'm gonna. What are you doing? Just typing a, a note. What note? I gotta kill my grandmother later. And I just, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> God! You're not even trying anymore. No, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> alright, so let's just move into Edward Drinker Cope's adult life. Splendid. Alright, so when we left Edward Drinker Cope, the man was really starting to see his career in dinosauring take off. Right, yeah. He discovered the Lystrosaurus, the Lystrosaurus. <laughs> I, I don't know. The Listerinosaurus? The, yeah. yeah, and these, I'm just going to list his biggest finds. Uh, okay. Right here off the, uh, right off here, here off the back. Because we're not, like, into the 1870s yet, but we are getting there, baby. So, he discovered the Listrosaurus in the early 1870s, the Champsosaurus in <laughs> the, in 1876, and a sauropod named Amphicoelius. Oh. Which... Is right. among the largest, if not the largest, dinosaur ever found. Shit, and he found it. Yeah. Um, all right. But the problem was, all he found was a couple of vertebrae, a hip bone, and a femur. Oh, um, man. But it didn't stop him from making a drawing of that shit based on the other <laughs> skeletons he was finding. Um, and it also hasn't been completely debunked, even though it's been a little bunked. Huh, right? All right. So yeah. they say it's possibly the largest sauropod ever found, or the largest dinosaur ever found. Wow. Um, okay. So there's that, buddy. Anyway, so that shit don't matter because that shit makes headlines. It doesn't matter <laughs> if it's made up, it's going to make headlines. Um, and it also makes some people jealous. Namely, mm. namely, namely, Othniel Marsh. Ah, uh, there it is. Yeah. So in the 1860s, Marsh visits Cope's dig site. And while there, Marsh bribes the landowner to send any fossils found in the area to him first. Oh, that's so shitty. Yeah, this was wow. dickish move number one. Right. 
um, dickish move number two oh, no. was going to Culp's reconstruction of an entire fucking plesiosaur skeleton, pretending to not be impressed, and then pointing out that Culp put the head on the wrong end. <laughs> right. I- I'm and, kind of on board with that. Yeah, so Culp was fucking furious, though. Yeah. Uh, and he demanded that one of his old professors come in and prove that he ha- had the head. On the right end. Oh, no. All right. So the professor comes in, takes the head off the fucking plesiosaur skeleton, and puts it on the other end, concluding that that indeed Othniel Marsh was right about the head being in the wrong place. Oh, no. And, of course, this was disastrous for Cope because his findings have already been published. Oh. (laughs) Oh. So yeah. <laughs> oh no, that's so embarrassing. I know. So all I mean, he did everything he could to buy up every copy of this scientific paper that he'd put out. But mm-hmm. and he spent a fuck ton doing it. But it was too late. It was wow. already out, and it was used as ammunition against him in later oh, PR campaigns and shit <laughs> like right. that. Um. So that's when the friends from Berlin became enemies. And this oh. kicked off what are known as the Bone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and by bone, I mean, it's real. The Bone Wars. Oh, all um, right. So they just started spending most of their time shitting on each other in scientific <laughs> journals, digging in the other's staked dinosaur hunting territory, and all kinds of bullshit like that. <laughs> wow, petty. Yeah, yeah, it's really petty. And it, yeah, you'll see. Um, oh, no. <laughs> anyway, so Culp starts digging in Wyoming uh, in land that was not his. <laughs> right. <laughs> then goes to Denver and just, like, keeps digging up dinosaurs. Shit. And you cannot laugh at this next part, okay? All right. You're not allowed to laugh. I'm not. All right. I'm, he goes to a place called Black Butte Station. All right. Black I'm... Buttes. <laughs> I'm above this. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's spelled like butts. (laughs) I am aware of how it's spelled, but you told me I can't laugh. Yeah, but would you laugh if you could? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, And while in Black Butte Station, uh, he digs up the remains of a dinosaur he called the Agathalmus Sylvestris. Um, now, he was accompanied by some employees and digging people and things like that. Um, so he thought he was ahead of the game. All and he right. went to this place called Fort Bridger to meet with some additional crew. But, uh-oh, they weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he had to summon his own army of his own making, which consisted of two men with wagons, a trail cook, who was probably a jolly, fat John Candy type, uh, who made wise quotes at all the right times, Right. A guide and three men from Chicago who just thought this shit would be cool to watch. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's uh, all of Chicago, really. <laughs> yeah, and here's something else. Uh-huh. Two of these men were actually employees of Othniel Marsh. Oh, shit. <laughs> but since they hadn't been paid, they decided to go with Cope anyway. Oh. Because Othniel Marsh had this really bad habit of being lazy about paying his bills. Ooh. Yeah. And, of course, you know, this just pissed Othniel Marsh right the fuck off. But, like, hey, a man needs a paycheck, so calm down, right. Othniel Marsh. Right. Calm down. Yeah. 
So then the motley crew heads into the wild, into a land that has killed more grown men than the satanic curse of internet pornography. True. And it is <laughs> it is dangerous. Uh, but it doesn't stop Edward Drinker Cope from discovering an absolute heck ton of new species. Nice. Uh, around this time, somebody oh. sent some fossils to Cope that were supposed to go to Marsh. They just sent him to the wrong guy. Oh, on accident? Yeah, on accident. We don't really know if it's an accident or if it was on purpose. Shit, okay. But Cope, like, knew these were supposed to go to Marsh, and so he did the godly thing and sent them right back to Marsh. Oh, wow. Which seems like a goodwill move, yeah. but it actually makes things worse. And I don't huh. know why, but Marsh was probably like, this is I don't need boy. your help. Exactly, right? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a total pride thing. It's like, oh, Jesus God. Christ, you idiots. Just calm down. Alright, so by the early 1870s, shit has only gotten worse, alright? Mm. So Culp and Marsh start finding fossils of the same goddamn species. Mm -hmm. And indeed, species that had already been discovered. Hmm. Now Marsh just decides to name them what they're already called, because he's like... Oh. Can't get away oh, with this shit. shit. He's like, yeah. it's like these have already been discovered. Fuck it, you know, just name them, call them what they are, and sell them. Yeah. Uh, but Cope took a different route oh, and oh, just no. starts making up his own <laughs> names for these creatures. Oh come on! And while bullshitting back and forth about this petty garbage, <laughs> Marsh goes back to the West with a group of thirteen students and a small squadron of soldiers. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Why soldiers? Uh... Well, the United States is still at war with the natives. Oh. Particularly the Sioux tribe. Mm. And so, like, what I'm saying is, this boy had to flex to keep those damn college students safe. Yeah. I mean, these stupid-ass college students were probably, like, taking selfies with angry bears and sharing images <laughs> of their hardtack and maggots on Instagram. Yeah, sure. I mean, you don't fucking know. I mean, they were still college students. You know, I yeah. wonder what the equivalent was there. If you had to guess, what would be the equivalent, 1870s? The equivalent of those college students to these college students? Yeah, to our mm. modern-day college students. Uh, they're both really prissy about their coffee. Right. Um, one group is racist while the other isn't. And I'm talking about the group from the <laughs> 1870s. They're not the racist ones. <laughs> they Love both it. live in wagons. <laughs> <laughs> and they both like digging up bones. So Yeah. Well, the, uh, hmm, there's some, the metaphorical, the some metaphorical significance there, isn't there? Yeah, mm. yeah, for sure. Oh. Yeah. I'm a Republican. They both suck <laughs> ass. <laughs> I might just leave that huh. one in there just to fuck uh. with our millennial audience. Right. He's a Republican? What a fucking Nazi. Get rid of him. <laughs> Let's brigade him on Twitter. I'm ready. Bring it on, you fuckers. You don't know yep. if I'm a Republican or not. <laughs> but here it comes. You can hear the typing. You can hear the I typing. I can hear it. Just this furious typing. Like... <laughs> yeah. I, I can't... I can't believe you, you voted for Trump. You fucking... Fucking fascist! Bitch! I can't! You racist immigrant-hating piece of potato lard! Get out! Oh, it's so goddamn easy to piss off these people. So easy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But they don't know. They don't know what I am because I am a wild card. 
I actually had a conversation with somebody the other day about uh-huh. why I didn't like to talk politics. Oh, how did that go? Um, it went in well. Texas. In Texas. Do you well, have a death uh, wish? Austin. Austin. Oh, All right. So okay. it's different from the rest of Texas. It doesn't count. I mean, yeah. well, it does count, but like not the same way you think of Texas. Like, you usually think oh, sure. Texas is like, yahoo, you know, yeehaw, or whatever the fuck. You know, right. vote Republican. But when you go to Austin, it is just not that way. And everybody in Austin understands what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like the soft underbelly of the armored beast that is Texas. Yeah. <laughs> I won't say anything. Um, was that too far? I don't care. No. <laughs> I'm not even drunk. <laughs> I'll shit on Republicans later so we can... We I, shit I on Republicans this. all the time. All right. So, <clears throat> here's the deal. Yeah. Um, um, I can't figure out where I was because you shat all over the document. <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh, yeah. Okay, right, right, right. We were talking about the equivalent of uh, <laughs> millennials, whatever. Right, right. right. So, whatever the case, like, so they got these soldiers to protect them from the Sioux, right? But the Sioux were just like, like, what the fuck do we care? We're not gonna fuck with you. Just like, you know, you're gonna be fine. Like, chill the fuck out. Um, Don't sue us. Yeah, and each of these entitled fucking college (laughs) students spends today's equivalent of $30,000 apiece just to go on this trip in March. Oh, God, all right. Yeah, it used to be like two hundred grand, but this was discount day. <laughs> um, yeah, so after this, Marsh actually stopped going on expeditions. Instead, he would send teams of men to go dig for him, uh, and he took credit for all of the discoveries oh, and also right. the money. He took oh. the money. <laughs> <laughs> then things uh, got kind of bad because the United oh. States discovered gold in Native American territory and oh, they shit. really wanted it, baby. Uh, But Marsh saw this possible war with the Sioux as a major obstacle for his ability to dig up bones. So he he hits the trail again, and he goes out to meet with Chief Red Cloud of the Sioux, who is an interesting guy on his own, and I ended up Hmm. reading about him and being like, holy shit, we gotta talk about this guy. Uh, But anyway, so like, he goes out to to talk with Chief Red Cloud, and he tells Red Cloud that if he's, if Marsh, he allows Marsh uh, to dig peacefully within Sioux territory, he'll pay the tribe for all the bones he finds. Oh, good. Okay, uh, that's fair. And remember, Red Cloud is dealing with war right now, and he oh for sure he's expecting further wars with other tribes because the whole well, countryside is in turmoil right now. Yeah, and um, you can bet anyone who digs up gold in the Native American land is not going to reimburse the natives for it. So hey, getting paid for some dinosaur bones? Yeah, that sounds like, good. Sure, take it. You know, yeah, they might need the money, and you know, Red Cloud that's sort true. of trusted Othniel Marsh, and he was like, okay, you're, I hope you're good for it. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck you. But anyway, so yeah. <laughs> here's what Marsh did, all right? He yeah. digs up all the fossils he can in the area and carts mm-hmm. them out. Hmm. And then he didn't get the Sioux paid. Oh, come on. Of course. I mean, he did kind of try. Uh-huh. Um, but he did it in this really shitty way. All like, right. he lobbied the U.S. government to pay the fees, which, of course, it didn't. So, of course not. you know... I guess forget about it, right? So Marsh is kind of a fucking scumbag. Yes. (laughs) All right. So, uh, but what was Edward Drinker Cope doing all this time? I do not know. Oh, you know, having nightmares about fucking dinosaurs. (laughs) Yeah, really. Uh, His expeditions had made him so obsessed that he had started having nightmares. About every creature they dug up from the earth. 
<laughs> Which, I mean, let's be fair. He's living in a world where all this shit is new. Oh, shit. He's a Quaker. So he probably believes in the biblical creation story. I mean, (laughs) who wouldn't? It's the 1800s. His whole life has been framed in such a way that man was there from the beginning of the earth, Mm -hmm. right? And it didn't account for massive fucking dinosaurs except for Leviathan and also maybe Mm. Satan's final form as a dragon. Hmm. So it was probably something like digging up Satan is what I'm saying. Oh, God. This extremely old shit, you know? And you don't know what it... You're like, okay, it's obviously a creature that existed, but, you know, the existential uh, right. stuff that goes along with digging up something that old that used to be alive... Oh, I mean, I don't think you can underestimate that, really. No, no. I mean, and I've really. grave robbed before, so that I- is... And even I am taken aback. You don't know if I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> No, I haven't grave robbed yet. Uh, yet. <laughs> yet, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to underline that because, I mean... No, that's a good point, yeah. That is... Hmm. A, a different world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Different yeah. world, different time, and it wasn't so long ago. Yeah. So there's this also this other guy named Arthur Lakes. Um, okay. And he's out hiking in Colorado when, uh-oh, he comes across some gigantic bones protruding from a rock face. Oh. Wishing to cash in on this magnificent find, Lakes contacts none other than Othniel Marsh to sell the bones off. Sure, he's got the systems in place. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's a tale as old as time. Sell your bones. I mean, for Christ's sake. Anyway. (laughs) The problem is, Marsh is so busy with other dinosaurs that he takes too long to respond to his text. So Lakes (laughs) sends them to Edward Drinker Cope, who immediately starts documenting them. Okay. So when Marsh discovered that this offer has been rescinded because he was lazy as fuck and left just read at 5 p.m. on a text <laughs> message, he sends yeah, his yeah. boy Benjamin Mudge <laughs> to persuade Lakes to only ship his shit to Marsh from then on. <sighs> and Mudge fucking does it. Oh, shit. And so Lakes agrees and sends a letter to Edward Cope saying that the bones had been shipped to him by mistake and should be forwarded to Othniel Marsh. Oh, no. Which is a thing that does not make Cope happy, as you can imagine, right? (laughs) Um, So what does make Cope happy, though, is a letter he gets from a naturalist in another part of Colorado who uh, who claims he found some bones, too. Nice. And he sends the samples to Cope. And Cope gleefully reports that these bones are even bigger than the ones that went to Marsh. This is the oddest dick competition I've ever heard of. I mean, it brings a whole new word. A whole new meaning to the word, to the word, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Boner? No. Um, sausage. <laughs> it was boner. That was the joke you weren't supposed to guess. Oh, oh, shit. It's so obvious. <laughs> the point. Do you want to redo it? We could no. beep it and redo it. No. No. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry I stole your bone. You're not the first. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, Cope is making this claim that his bone's bigger than Marsh's. Uh All right? Even with no proof. But Marsh hears about this and is like, can't have that fucking happening. So he sends a squad of boys out to literally dig up the whole area where these new bones were discovered and pay Cope's bone source man to redirect everything they found to Marsh. <laughs> what? 
Bone, Bone Sourceman? Sourceman is one of my most used Google search phrases. Anyway. Yeah. No, I got you. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. Culp's people were actually loyal. Oh, um, and they refused right. uh, to send anything to Marsh because, one, they knew he didn't pay consistently. Right. Um, and, and he's lazy actually, as fuck. Yeah, he's lazy as fuck. And he's right. like, he's really, I mean, Culp is being a saboteur and everything, but Marsh is like... He's a complete fucking dickhead. I mean, bro. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. So they decide to stick with Cope, mm-hmm. uh, which is a win for Cope. Uh, yeah. But Marsh also gets word that Cope has his men snooping around an area in Wyoming where the Union Pacific Railroad is being installed. Hmm. And as they're putting in this thing, they're finding, you know, fucking bones and shit. Wow. Um, so Marsh did the same thing as before. He sends a whole bunch of money to buy out Cope's men, which oh. actually works this time. And all the bones start going to Marsh. Oh, jeez. And, yeah, so technically Culp's men dug them up, but Marsh documented them. He got them. them. Yeah. This is um, so petty. All right, yeah. Are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Fuck. Hello? Are you there? Are you there? I'm there. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> and these bones are no small deal, all right? Yeah. Um, and from this site, he gets he, these new dinosaurs, which he names the following. Stegosaurus. Hmm. Allosaurus. Are you there? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> what? Apatosaurus. Are you there? Uh-huh. Jesus I'm there. God. All right. Hello. All right. I'm here. Do you recognize any of these dinosaur names? Yeah, uh, I've recognized all of them so far. All right. It's so Stegosaurus, Allosaurus, Apatosaurus, and Barney. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, but so some big names in dinosaurs is what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, so, right, okay, Because those huge. are the names we recognize. We don't recognize fucking Erasmusosaurus or whatever the fuck came earlier. No, that's the yeah, type of sickness I was diagnosed with, I thought. <laughs> right. Yeah, Stegosaurus, we've all heard of that. You're, uh, they got the plate armor, right? Those, those shields on their back? Yeah. Is that the Stegosaurus? The Stegosaurus has the, the plates that, like a fucking back mohawk, I don't know. Yeah, yeah like the two mohawk thing. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty big fucking deal. Um, mm-hmm. And the press goes wild, obviously, yeah. uh, because the boys who did the digging leaked the story to the local news and exaggerated oh, how much they were being paid for the fines. Huh. Um, so Cope hears about this shit and sends, I shit you not, uh-huh. dinosaur rustlers to go oh. steal the bones from Marsh's men. Oh my gosh, he's sinking to Marsh's level. An actual occupation as a dinosaur rustler. That, where do I sign? Yeah. You know. won't see that on Indeed.com. Not until Jurassic Park comes around. Hmm. And even then, they the, jo- the job will be open all the time because people will getting, be getting, you know, eaten and shit, so. Oh, shit, yeah. yeah. Um, so, anyway. Clever while girl. This is... What? Clever girl. Sorry, I was just, <laughs> just quoting. So, while all this bullshit is going on, uh, Marsh's men are, again, not getting paid regularly. Mm. Mm. So, they just decided <laughs> to start working for Cope. I mean, oh, shit. you know, Cope's paying people. He's doing his job, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so this whole fiasco of finding bones and trying to outdo one another went on for 15 fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, it gets so competitive that Marsh is ordering the destruction of whatever bones he couldn't move from his quarries just so Cope can't get them. That's horrible. Isn't oh, that awful? Jeez. Um, there's even a story about uh, teams for Cope and teams for Marsh literally pelting each other with stones in a fight <laughs> over some bones. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so there's some stony, bony boys. Oh. Yeah. But it's like, this shit can't go on forever, right? I no. mean, 
for someone's one, someone's got to win. <laughs> yeah, someone's got to. For one, Marsh had just just had more money than Cope, right? He's mm-hmm. a wealthy fucker, right? He can afford yeah. whatever the fuck. And Cope was wealthy, but most of his shit was like self-funded. And Marsh was getting dad, some yeah. mo- some money from Yale and other places like that. Oh man, right. So Cope, or rather, um, um, fuck. Marsh. Marsh. Marsh, sorry. He opens mm-hmm. a whole bunch of new quarries and buys up storehouses for all the bones he's finding, which you, know, Shit. you can do when you have a grant. And Cope has so many goddamn bones, he can't even fit himself into his house anymore. <laughs> what? Yeah. So, now, as you as you can imagine, a couple of rich people fighting over the bones of the ancients sucked up a lot of press. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but the story can only last so long. Um, and Marsh ended up taking a job as the head of the U.S. Geological Survey, but Cope didn't quite have the same level of security. He was running out of money, mm. right? And so Cope invested in gold and silver, Good. but he spent whatever money and time he had searching for more fossils. Sure. Um, there's always a bigger dinosaur, as the saying goes. Right. And eventually all he had was his bones. That's it. Mm. Wow. He spent all of his money. Um Huh. But but in 1884, he finally had a chance to get back at Marsh for all his misdeeds. Oh, shit. <laughs> so he started looking for problems within Marsh's new geological survey. Um, and he started with workers he'd screwed over and then moved into the claims of the survey themselves. Hmm. It didn't actually do anything or prove anything, but it did prove... I just said it didn't prove anything. <laughs> it didn't prove anything about Marsh, but it did oh, prove sure. that Cope was a solid critic, which okay. got him a teaching job at the University of Pennsylvania. Oh, well, but, there's that. <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't the end of it. Because hmm. remember, Cope was at the butt end of Marsh's bullshit, and he'd been writing it all down in a little notebook. Oh, shit. And so he planned to sell these stories for a handsome fee when the chance came along. And then it huh. does. And Cope publishes these notes accusing Marsh of plagiarism, financial crimes, and all sorts of scientific errors that cause oh, the federal shit. government. Exactly. He's going straight for the throat here. He's saying the federal government had to spend a lot more on Marsh's project projects than it needed to. Wow. Which the government's not going to be happy about. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. So, of course, oh. Marsh fires back, pointing out that Cope had done his share of bullshit, too. But, of course, nobody cared, right? Right, as, as long as you're the first one to do the hitting. Yeah, well, also, it's the 1890s. Yeah. They've been doing this shit for, like, 20 fucking years. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And these guys are getting Man. old, too. Um. Yeah, imagine, though, at being Marsh and thinking that you've won the Bone War, and then, <laughs> when you least expect it, this diary of sin comes out. That's amazing. <laughs> Uh, I think we could call one of our primary sources a diary of sin. (laughs) You know which one I'm talking about. I do. Yep. I do. But okay, so they're getting old, and they've been fighting for so long, it it becomes apparent to everyone that it's getting kind of pathetic, right? (laughs) Yeah, finally. Yeah, so plus they're like working on their own careers now. Cope has become president of the American Association for the Advancement of Science, and Marsh has earned the, I think, Cuvier Medal. Which was the highest paleontological award of the time. Oh, shit. But let me tell you something, James. The bullshit uh-huh. bill is coming for both of these men. Oh, shit. Just hold on. Uh, Just hold on. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm holding on. So, first things first. Marsh lost his job as the head of the geological survey. Hmm. Just because he was so embroiled in these bone wars. Wow. And Culp started to have a bad time with his university president. 
And all this garbage ends up getting all government funding for paleontological surveys pulled altogether. Oh, shit. Because they're like, you know, it went from being about like, hey, let's find these neat fossils of these dinosaurs to being like a competition where they were destroying fossils that they couldn't get to. Or, oh, you know, yeah. Couldn't carry off, which is, you know, unscientific as fuck. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. they're like, just shut it all down, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like Cope is at this point, he's struggling along. He gr got a money grant to work for the Texas Geological Survey, where he started publishing a whole bunch of massive scientific works on amphibians and reptiles. But I'm afraid the end of the line is coming for old Cope. And oh. in 1895, he actually sold most of his collection of fossils to the American Museum of Natural History. Uh, 10,000 fossils he sold. What the hell? Yeah. Wow. But at a discount, he got 32 grand when he wanted 50. Shit. But I think he took it because he was just done with that shit. And he couldn't yeah. get into his bed without rolling over a femur or something like that. <laughs> um, right. So he used all the money he earned in the sale of his collections to hire a man to keep looking for fossils for him. Because, you know, he loves fossils. But all this tragedy is really starting to get to him. He's getting old. His arms are weak. He's basically a T-Rex. The man's a dinosaur is what I'm saying. Yeah, sounds like Well, it. well, well, Edward Drinker Cope. Looks like he who lives by the dinosaur will die by the dinosaur. <laughs> I'm fucking leaving. Wait, what? <laughs> Damn it, James. fucking door. He'll be back. He'll come out of the bathroom soon. James? And that's how I met your mother. Well. Alright. I just... Puked all over your goddamn bedroom. Good. <laughs> At least I know someone's watching over it while my lawn goes. <laughs> yep. Just just a puddle of it. And I rubbed my hands in it and made oh. handprints all over your walls. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I didn't leave the room. Oh, oh Jesus, God. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Whatever. All right. I'm going to get into William Walker's adult life. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That was good. It was good. I'll give you that. I just had to, you know, go the full mile there. <laughs> he who lives by the dinosaur dies by the dinosaur. <laughs> King of comedy. Mm. It is late. Bow and pledge allegiance. <laughs> what? King of comedy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hold on. I need to turn down my battery power usage do you need to take a break or are you good since you just vomited all over my room oh i'm good now all yeah right. i'm ready to roll if you are let's roll then tell us james about william walker's adult life so uh <laughs> if you'll uh if you'll remember william walker had just lost a duel and now he wanted to take over all of central america yeah, okay, I'm kind of wondering how that happened, but we don't know, so... We don't really know. Although we do know is that William really, really, really believed in Manifest Destiny and the superiority of the white race. Now, hold on. Yeah. Explain to our listeners, mm -hmm. what is this concept of Manifest Destiny? 
The concept of Manifest Destiny was an idea that was really popular in America in like the 1800s. The idea was that it is the destiny of good white Christian boys and girls, but mostly boys, to uh, basically kill all the natives of the Americas, spread white America, and then enslave the black race. Wait, does it, um, so, so, hold on. Yeah. Does it come from Americans? That's... I thought Manifest Destiny was way older than that. It probably is. I know I'm this type it. of Manifest Destiny was the Americanized version. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I, I, I want to believe it's older than this. It was... Alright, origin of the term. This is what I want to say. Uh, oh, shit, it did... It did really happen in America. I thought it was older than that. Shit. Well, we've come across similar ideas that have been older, but I don't know. I think the word, or the phrase Manifest Destiny was kind of coined for the American version. Oh, shit. I was scrolling across the Manifest Destiny Wikipedia page, and I came across a picture of William Walker. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> I did. Oh, gosh. All, All right. right. Well, Great. Let's go. Yeah. So it's a pretty pretty shitty worldview. <laughs> it's like Columbia from Bioshock Infinite. There's even a picture of a giant white lady in a white dress leading these pilgrims across the land of darkness. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of the idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so so in the summer of 1853, William <laughs> he does it. He travels to Central America. Okay. He packs up his bags and heads to Gu Guaymas. Guaymas. <laughs> Guaymas. No. <laughs> it's Guaymas. Guaymas. Guaymas, Mexico. It's Guaymas. in Mexico. Guaymas. That's the point. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce that shit. All right, go ahead. I don't either. So anyway, here he asks for an audience with the Mexican government, which right. they give to him. And uh, while at this audience, William basically asked Mexico for permission to start a colony in Mexican territory on the border with the United States. Um, sounds like a bad deal. <laughs> and it gets worse. Oh. So, uh, William explained that he would use this colony to make it into a giant fortified territory that would protect the United States from Indian raids. Uh... uh so, Mexico refuses because, yeah. <laughs> A, they didn't get anything from this agreement, they just oh. lost land, and B... Mexico didn't really trust the United States in the early 1850s because the Mexican-American War had ended like six years prior. <laughs> so William Walker is a genius. Yeah, yeah. Mexico did not like the idea of some white American guy making a fortress in Mexican territory for right. the United States. Okay. So Mexico said no way. All right. And William was very disappointed in this decision, but he did not give up. Oh. He was going to get this northern Mexican land one way or another. And if Mexico wasn't willing to do so peacefully, then that left only one option. War. Oh, shit. So William came back to the United States and started traveling around preaching a message to rally an army of white slavers and Manifest Destiny supporters oh. in order to invade Mexico and start a buffer colony to fight engines. No. <laughs> no! And surprise, surprise, he actually found an audience in Kentucky and Tennessee. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> 
I wanted to believe. I really did. Oh. I wanted to believe, but no. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> So about 45 men were like, fuck it, that sounds great. <laughs> and they joined up with William. <laughs> oh my god. So William has 45 guys now, and this prompts him to rethink his whole strategy, right? It's just him and 45 guys. Now, one would think that being able to rally only only 45 men to your cause might make you rethink the whole declare war and invade Mexico to establish your little border colony thing, you right? You think, yeah. After all, you only have 45 guys and the United States government hasn't sanctioned any of your actions. They don't even know you're doing this. Right. But no! <laughs> William doesn't decide to downscale his plans. Instead, he enlarges them. <laughs> Instead of just capturing a bit of land on the border to form a colony, why not take over all of western Mexico that borders the United States and the Pacific? We're talking about 125 square miles here. With 45 guys? Yeah, Oh, and there's more. Instead of acting as a colony of the United States, fuck that. Now we're gonna be our own fucking nation. <laughs> This went from zero to a hundred in like point <laughs> six seconds. There was no middle step. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so William announces that he and his forty-five guys are going to capture and create the Republic of Sonora in northwestern Mexico. And then to fund this campaign, he starts selling bonds to Americans, which would be redeemable for land in Sonora once the country was established. Well, that's and just shitty altogether. Yeah. <laughs> But he actually sells some of the bonds, so now oh, he has some, some sort of funding. <laughs> yeah. So on October 15th, 1853, oh. William Walker and his little army of Kentucky and Tennessee racists set out to invade Mexico. I can't believe this shit. And they do! <laughs> They marched down the Baja California Peninsula, which is that part of Mexico that looks like a little dick sticking out in the Pacific. Right. And they actually conquered the region because basically nobody lives there. <laughs> but they do take a little tiny village named La Paz and make it the new capital of the independent Republic of Baja California. It's the Baja Blast. <laughs> it is. <laughs> the Baja Blast is some Tennessee racist fuck shooting a musket into your face. <laughs> William William then pronounces himself as president and his former law partner Henry Watkins as the vice president. <laughs> okay. And then he announces that slavery is legal. <laughs> oh no. Oh. This gets worse and worse with every sentence. Just hold on to your bootstraps. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> All right. So William saw this establishment of the Republic of Baja California as the first step in creating the larger, originally planned Republic of Sonora. So three months after this conquest, he claims all of Sonora and renamed his country as the Republic of Sonora, even though neither he nor any of his men had actually stepped... Uh, foot into the region of Sonora, which is like mainland Mexico, right? That's that's like if I said, uh, I want Rhode Island. Right. It is mine. Yes. What are you gonna do about it? 
<laughs> yeah, except it's it's bigger than Rhode Island. It's 125 square or thousand square miles. Well, 125,000? <laughs> yes. You said so, 125 before. I was imagining this scrap of land. 100. Oh, oh no. I meant 125,000. This is like the entire northern corner of Mexico. That is even funnier than I thought. Okay. Yeah. And Sonara, the part of Sonara is actually, there's a ton of people living there. And so William has now claimed it. Uh, Of course. Yeah. So then he sends uh, word back to the United States that his republic was up and running, he needs more Americans to colonize it, and and that the U.S. government is welcome to announce Sonora as the new state of the Union. He wanted it to be like a new Texas, right? Yeah. Yeah. What? And some Americans respond. <laughs> of course they did. Yeah, so bonds were bought to fund the new operation. Uh, the Republic of Sonora flags, which were designed, and you can still look them up, these flags were bought and displayed in some streets of San Francisco and other cities. And then 253 more men traveled to join William's little army. <laughs> that, okay, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. That is flag. one of the lamest flags I've ever seen. Oh, I know. It is... It's red. It's a shittier version of Chicago's flag. It, I mean, it just... Yeah. It just looks like a red box <laughs> with a white line across it and yep. a pair of nipple stickers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're like stars. Yeah. He did yeah. that on purpose. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, no one lives there, so he's... Never mind. All right, all right. Never mind. All right. So, meanwhile, Mexico is getting angry. (laughs) Uh, At first, the Mexican government had no idea this was even going on. Wow. Uh, Their administrator of the region had disappeared and fallen out of contact because William had captured him, but Mexico didn't know this. Oh, we actually captured a guy. Yeah, so, like, the governor of the area. So, Mexico, instead of asking questions or investigating the disappearance of this dude, Mexico simply just sends a replacement. (laughs) Of course. And then this replacement also promptly disappears. Of course he does. And do you know what happened to him or just vanish? They were captured by William. I don't think they were killed. They were kind of like held hostage as, you know, employees of the Mexican government. Wow. Uh, That's all I I really saw on it. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mexico is kind of catching up with the times, and uh, they send some soldiers over to Baja, California, to kick William out, because this is just ridiculous. Because fuck that guy. Yeah, like, what a do a, a dick, a douche dick. What? <laughs> That's not a thing. I hope not. Anyway. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. A little... No. A little, little chimney sweep. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. So because of this, William... Uh, <laughs> Just carry on. William is forced to move his capital three times before finally retreating back to California because there's just no way he can put up with the Mexican army, right? Right, right. And thus, sad to say, the Republic of Sonora met its end in 1854, even though no other country in the world had recognized it as a country or even knew that William had made the proclamation (laughs) of independence for it. It's like, hey, there's some weird shit going on in Sonora. They're like, all right, take care of it. And they go, yeah. some it's idiot was starting a country desert. out there. <laughs> anyway, wow. so William is back in California where he is immediately arrested and put on trial for conducting an illegal war that was in violation of the Neutrality Act of 1794. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. So there's he's broken some rules and America is putting him on trial for it. 
But here's the thing. When given the opportunity to defend himself, William gave a heroic speech about Manifest Destiny and how he had simply been doing God's work to win Northern Mexico for the whites. What? No, not really. Not for- yeah, really? He, really. Not for America. No, no. For well, white for America, but oh. for white America, right? Oh, of course, because that's yeah. all that existed. Got it. All right. Exactly. <laughs> and the jury just eats the shit up. Oh, God. So, of course they did. Yeah. So the jury go into the back room and they discuss it for just eight minutes and then they come out and proclaim that William is innocent. He's not innocent. He no. literally broke the rules. I don't care who he did it for. Exactly. Ugh. It's Justice illegal. Jesus God. <laughs> All oh, right. I fucking so. love this show. I can't get enough. <laughs> <laughs> so right. we, we got to pause here for a moment to right. look at the politics of Nicaragua in the 1850s. <laughs> I am whelmed. <laughs> yeah. All right. I summed it up really shortly. <laughs> so in 1854 in Nicaragua, civil war <laughs> breaks out. What? <laughs> Nothing. Just carry on. I was thinking about Nicaragua. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing. Okay, so Nicaragua has a civil war between two major political parties. You've got the Legitimist Party, or the Conservative Party, and then you have the Democratic Party, or the Liberal Party. Blah, gotcha. The story is old as time. Right. Uh, I couldn't find any of the details about what parties stood for what, uh, but the point is this. The Democratic Party is not doing too well in the war. Right. So, some brilliant chap comes up with a great frickin' idea. Oh! Why not ask American mercenaries to come down here and help fight for us, and why not ask none other than William Walker to lead this army? And they agree to it! <laughs> of course! Wow. It's not even so, like, they're, they're not even trying right now. No, no. <laughs> So William is invited to Nicaragua, and he immediately uh, answers the call. He gathers 60 men, arms them, sails to Nicaragua, and then rallies and arms another 110 locals. Uh, and, oh. William and William and his men are dubbed the filibusters. Uh, Why? Well, filibuster... Uh, ignore that whole eight-hour Rand Paul rant, remember? No, filibuster... Oh, yeah, I remember that. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> filibuster also means... Basically, a mercenary who doesn't fight for money, but fights for something else. Uh, like a, right. a higher goal, which usually isn't higher. <laughs> uh, so William and his filibusters, they're kind of fighting for <laughs> manifest destiny. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, it's not great. And political reasons, but... So they're the filibusters. Right. So William and his filibusters get busy right away, killing members of the legit legitimist party uh, and in the name of the Democrats. Uh, and there are a couple full-out battles between the legitimists and the filibusters. How uh, nice. <laughs> which you can't take seriously with those two names. <laughs> it's like the bone war, the legitimists and the filibusters. Just the stupidest shit. All right. It sounds like a political comedy. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. 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 Things generally go well for William, and he defeats the Legitimists on a few occasions, and then he captures their capital of Granada on October 13th, 1855, giving the Democrats effective control of the country and ending the Civil War. Uh, Great. Right? Right. Great. I mean, we don't like Civil Wars. And we don't like Democrats. <laughs> well, they win. The Democrats have won. <laughs> oh, the Democrats won. Okay. The Democrats have won, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> 
That was a joke about Democrats. I know. We're already going to get brigaded for that Republican shit earlier. Everybody's going to fucking hate us. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. All right. Here's the thing. Oh, shit. Okay. William and his filibusters don't leave. Mm-mm. Uh, they've seen how weak the country is, and, um, it's looking pretty good now. Oh, no. Uh, so the, the Democrat leader, the, the president, Patric- Patricio Rivas, is made ruler of the country, but William Walker is the one pulling off the strings, and everybody knows it. Uh, what's this? An American trying to control another country's president? <laughs> right. Unheard of. Yeah. And it only gets worse. On May 20th, 1856, William finally gets the American federal support that he has wanted all this time. President Franklin Pierce recognizes William's democratic regime as the official government of Nicaragua. What? (laughs) Yes. What? No. Yeah, so now we have this mercenary force led by a racist (laughs) in charge of an entire country, and President Pierce is like, all right, all right, that's it. It's official. (laughs) But this just pisses everybody off. Of course it does. In fact, pretty much everybody hates William Walker, and I've actually made a list of all the people who hate William. So here we go. You have... The Legitimist Party, who whom William Walker had defeated, they're still in the shadows, right? And right. they're just biding their time, and they hate this American mercenary who's ruling their country. Yeah. Makes sense. Yes. Number two, the Democratic Party that William had fought for are now realizing their mistake in inviting him here in the first place. And they're like, all right, we really got to get this guy out of here. Yeah, yeah. So he has united former enemies against him. <laughs> Number three. Basically, every single nation in Central America hates William because he's a foreign white guy who wants to take them all over for Manifest Destiny, and now he actually has a foothold in Nicaragua. I'd have, I failed to see the problem. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, he's fucked himself over with all this racist shit, hasn't he? Oh, he really has. And now he's oh. surra- he's surrounded by the minorities he's been shitting on. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, but he's even pissed off American and Europeans because they're invested in and they're trading with the region. Yeah. And they know that William will likely bring war and revolution, and that's just bad for business. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, and William also stole two steamboats from an American businessman. So he's just pissed off everybody. What an asshole. <laughs> yeah. So, Shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he is knee deep in some tropical Central American shit. Yeah. Well, of his own making. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody really hates William and all of his enemies start teaming up to take him down. Uh, Costa Rican President Juan Porras rejects all of William's diplomatic gestures and and uh, begins preparing the nation's army for war. Oh, Supplied shit. by various European and American businessmen. Whoa. Yeah. Not a Meanwhile, joke. No, no, yeah. no, no. Meanwhile, William builds up his own military and sends an army comprised of American, German, and French mercenaries... Uh, and adventurers to invade Costa Rica in a preemptive strike. This will not go poorly. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's made no mistakes so far. No, he, yeah. He's just, he's just a tactical genius. 
<laughs> a modern Napoleon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oui, oui. So this army of mercenaries marches to Costa Rica, fails to set up any sentries. Of course. Uh, is attacked by the Costa Rican army and promptly routed at the Battle of Santa Rosé in 1856. Then all-out war begins. Oh, shit. Uh, and I've never, I had never heard of this war prior to researching this episode, but it's called the Filibuster War. Uh, yeah. Uh, is it just a uh, bunch of, like, Rand Pauls, like, just standing <laughs> up there and talking? It, pretty much, yeah. Okay. Exactly, yeah. So, it's William and his, uh, his filibusters uh, against a coalition of fucking everybody else. <laughs> Costa Rica, Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, the United Kingdom, and all of her colonies, uh, and both the legitimist and democratic parties of Nicaragua, and various American businesses, have all teamed up to get William the fuck out of there. Oh my god. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Wow. Anyway, so there are several battles and campaigns, uh, but I know a lot of people find that boring, so here's what's important. Okay. William was a total dick as he started losing. That does not surprise me at all. No. He, he started dumping corpses of his own dead soldiers into wells as he started retreating. Uh, so the enemy start or his enemy, starts drinking the water, of course, and they Ugh. get really sick. So all these diseases start spreading through the ranks of the Grand Alliance. Oh my god. Yeah, one of these diseases was a cholera epidemic that broke out and killed 10,000 Costa Rican soldiers and civilians. Oh my which god. Which was 10% of the population of that country at this time. That fucking... Yeah. Person. So, yeah. So he's gone from being just some dick in the jungle... <laughs> To being, like, the engineer of a genocide. Uh, yeah. 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 Meanwhile, thousands Fuck. of people are dying from the actual war that's going on. Huh. Now, the I will say, the only neat thing that, that really started to happen during this war was that mm. all these little Central American countries really started to recognize each other as brothers. Um, mm. They had their squabbles before this, but now they're like, you know, we're all in this against some crazy American jackass. <laughs> so that's neat. Um, that was his plan all along, to unite the powers. Right. <laughs> he became yeah. the dick of Central yes. America, and everybody wanted him gone. Got it. <laughs> exactly. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other neat thing is... Um, all of South America had fought free from Spain and Portugal. The United States had fought free from Britain. But these little Central American countries never had their moment to shine. So this war has kind of become their war for independence, essentially. Uh, and is still often celebrated as such. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah it's kind of neat. Yeah. But back to William being a dick. Fuck. He's <laughs> losing the war and he knows it. <laughs> So in one last effort to rally support and reinforcements back in the old U.S., he overthrows Nicaragua's Emancipation Edict of 1821 and declares slavery legal again. Why? Because <laughs> he's what? not a big enough asshole. <laughs> so he, he sends messages... What, say it again? I said, Jesus. <laughs> right. So he sends messages back to the southern states in the U.S. and says that he's done all of these things so that he can spread black slavery. What? 
Uh-huh. And the uh, southern states love this. Of course they do. Even a fucking politician in New Orleans, Pierre Soleil, starts raising money and support for William. Oh, God. Yeah. So it's horrible. Thankfully, though, it's just too late for William and the filibusters, uh, and they continue to be defeated and are pushed back, back to the capital of Granada. Um, and in one of the battles, the filibusters were surrounded by coalition forces and holed up in a house. Oh. Then a Guatem- Guatemalan colonel, Jose Zavala, casually walked through the gunfire up to the filibuster house, grabbed their flag, and then casually walked back to his own troops, exclaiming, The filibuster bullets do not kill. That so. is that. I don't know much about that guy. Anything about that guy, actually? Right. But that's a hero moment. He He's... He's gone down as like a Davy Crockett to these uh, Central American countries, right? He's just Damn. a hero. Yeah, we should put him on the show. We should. Yeah, I don't know. Instead if of more this on. dick. <laughs> so eventually, in December of uh, 1856, William and his few remaining men were surrounded in Granada by 4,000 Costa Rican, Honduran, Salvadoran, and Guatemalan troops. So finally, William brought an end to the war he had started and peacefully surrendered the city. Oh. Oh, wait, that's not what he did. Um, what? Instead of this, he uh, he ordered his officers and his troops to burn and smash his own city to the ground and leave only signs that said, Here was Granada. Oh, asshole. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of another word. Like, I- I've it's... run out of, like, yeah. I've run out of curses. This guy. <laughs> I know. This guy. The worst. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he was like... Uh-huh. He was a shitty brownie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, those, like, hard, crispy ones that stick to the side of the tray. And destroy Granada. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Yeah. That, that, wow. So we've covered a lot of assholes on this show, but this fucker. Yeah. It... <laughs> he's like a... He's like a... Uh, He's just like a large mosquito that you can't slap. Yeah. And he goes up to your little kid and sucks out all the blood, and you're like, wow, what a jerk. (laughs) So, Bill Clinton. Oh, my God. Here we go. I don't know. I've just been listening to uh, Slow Burn, that new podcast. It's great. Anyway. So, finally, the United States was kind of feeling the pressure. You're breaking up. You're breaking up. Hello? Hello? Hello, hello. Hello. Can you hear me now? Hello. Good morning, Vietnam. Okay, I got you. <laughs> All right. What were you saying? You said you were listening to something? Slow Burn, a podcast about the Monica Lewinsky affair with Bill Clinton. That's, oh, that's shit. Good. It's good. Listen to it. Yeah. Oh, okay, I will. Yeah, oh. So, finally, the United States was kind of feeling pressure to do something about this asshole down in the tropics. Right. So a U.S. fleet was sent to Granada, where William finally surrendered to the Americans and was taken into custody by the U.S. fleet. And he was sailed to New York City, where he was greeted as a hero! What? Americans loved this guy. People were in the streets waving his flag and cheering him on. I can't yeah, it's even horrible. believe this. <laughs> no. no, actually, I can. 
It can't, yeah, it's... I wish I had a better understanding of America in that time period, because I would like to know what they saw in this dickish man. Just a shit smoothie sandwich. Yeah? Yeah. I guess so. Uh, but then, he made a mistake. He did make oh. a mistake here. Yeah. He he announces that he could have won if only the American Navy had gotten off their asses and helped him. Uh-oh. And bruh, you do not criticize the American military. They're right? our heroes. They're our heroes. They're, yeah, you're goddamn right. Those so brave public... boys giving their lives for freedom and liberty. <laughs> yeah. So get this, it's the most American thing ever. <laughs> the only thing that could make Americans hate this racist asshole was him criticizing the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> and public opinion of him just nosedives. Wow. Uh, so William, he wasn't arrested or anything, so he promptly set about gathering more support and supplies to invade poor Nicaragua again! Uh, no! And he does! Uh, mm. And off he goes, back to Central America. It's for manifest destiny. Oh. oh. But thankfully the U.S. Navy catches him on his way there, and they're like, hold on there, tiger. And uh, they promptly arrest him. Good! Which causes a huge controversy back in the States as to whether or not the Navy had the right to arrest him. Unbelievable. <sighs> But regardless, William was returned back to the States, and that is where we will leave him for now. I cannot believe I didn't know this story. Oh, we'll get to why, like, how it's not known. We'll, oh, we'll okay. Get to that. Yeah. Good, because, like, I feel like there's so many stories, particularly in Central America, that just aren't heard. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, and that just don't... Nobody just cares don't about hear Central about. or South America. It's like... Well, I mean, you're making it a joke, but... Well... Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, it's interesting, for this show, I was thinking about covering a Central or South American, so I looked up, you know, top 100 most famous South Americans or whatnot. And it's, it's kind of sad because it's just a bunch of Marxist dictators and football players. Oh, that is too bad. Oh, uh, yeah, there's... Nobody cares, I guess. It's just... Well, it's like they're not as poor as Africa... Mm -hmm. And they're not as well-known as Europe or Asia, so it's just like that shitty middle ground of, eh, eh. Well. No one cares. Yeah, I hate that. Cause I do too. That's actually a problem I keep running into on the show. Yeah? Is there's, and it's, I'm not saying it's like racist or something, but there's very little documentation on people who are not American or European. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it's, I mean, it's a historical problem for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, the main one being that, uh, like, well, like I said, there's just not any documentation. Yeah. And it's hard to find that shit. Like, online, you can find information about lots of people, mm -hmm. uh, especially, and in history and that sort of thing. But, man, is it hard to find people um, who are outside of those sort of basic demographics. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Yeah. That's a whole, that could be a whole other discussion. It really could, but I, I'm not sure I want to get into it. I kind of want to get into Edward Drinker, Cope's End and Death. Yeah, I think that's the safer bet. All right, so, in 1896, Cope got sick. Ah. Really sick. Oh, shit. <laughs>
And his wife tried to take care of him the best she could, but, you know, it's 1896, bro. I mean, Yeah, that bitch is dead. <laughs> pretty much the best you can do is put on a black dress and dab his sweaty face uh, with a wet cloth while he mumbles about the terrible lizards. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so Cope spent these days on a cot in his museum, oh. surrounded by dinosaur bones, and prescribing himself somehow all the meds you could possibly want. He got morphine... <laughs> Belladonna, and fucking formaldehyde. <laughs> of course he did. And it apparently worked well enough what? for him to get up and go fossil hunting one more time before he came home, delivered some lectures from bed, and died when he was 57. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, but like, okay, here's the thing. Remember mm-hmm. that dude that I mentioned very briefly at the end of his adult life? Um, who he hired to keep looking for fossils on his behalf. I think, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, his name was Sternberg. Sure. And three days after Cope died, Sternberg got word that Cope had died, um, and he said the following. Hmm. I had lost friends before, and I had known what it was to bury my own dead, even my firstborn son. But I had never sorrowed more deeply than I did over this news. But what? <laughs> he was sadder about Edward Drinker Cope's death than his own goddamn son. What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know, man. Okay. Maybe because he was his employee? I don't know. Sure. But anyway, so Cope got a Quaker funeral, uh, which means that it was quiet and bible Mm-hmm. Um, and Cope's body was donated to science, and I shit you not, mainly because Cope wanted his brain to be measured to prove it was bigger than Othniel Marsh's. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, even to the grave, their, their little rivalry is so bad. And Marsh lived longer than him? Mm-hmm. So he didn't, he didn't... Like, let them do it. He didn't let them measure his brain. <laughs> That's so great. even in death, Cope didn't get to prove a damn thing. Oh, wow. But hey, there's some shit we gotta talk about, though. Okay, this is oh, real dear. talk. Okay. Alright, because if I don't, it'll look like I didn't do my due diligence, alright? <clears throat> mm-hmm. I mentioned it before. Cope was kind of a racist. Yeah. But I mean, like, a scientific racist, you know? Like, so... <laughs> Almost right. worse! Yeah. <laughs> Actually worse. Oh, <laughs> so, God. We've talked about scientific racism before, uh, and Cope, being a scientist in the 1800s, got swallowed up by that beast as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, Cope didn't actually have a problem with skin color. Alright. What's that you say? A racist who didn't care about skin color? What the fuck is that? Uh. Um, well, Cope believed that it wasn't just, it wasn't skin color that was determinant of a person's qualities. Um, but their moral and civilized status. Oh, shit. Yep. So it just so happened. Jesus Christ. It just so happened that he believed it was in the nature of other races. In their nature. Oh, God. To right. simply behave in a lesser manner because it was inherent within their genes. Mm. It didn't have anything necessarily to do with their skin color. Mm-hmm. He was just saying it was in their genes. He described, he's like, who would expect, you know, a vulture to feed on anything other than carrion, even if the finest foods are offered to it? Like, that mm. was, that's a paraphrase of an actual quote from one of his journals. Oh, boy. Um, so, in my opinion, that makes him almost a bigger racist than most people. Right. Yeah. And here's this, you're gonna love this. 
Mm-hmm. He was also opposed to women's rights. Good. <laughs> <laughs> what a sexist! Uh, yeah. But it's not exactly for the reason you think. Uh, all right. He didn't think that women were necessarily less than men or stupider. Um, but he did think that the men of his age would try to force their wives to vote the way they wanted them to vote. And that would end up skewing results. Huh. So, eh, make of that what you will. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're done now. Still the man's mad. dead. And we have his bones on file. So oh, okay. <laughs> we have oh. his bones on file. His personal bones. His personal bones. All right. Well, yeah. good. Including his skull, which we don't know if it was bigger than Marsh's. Well, it's just a... I don't know. It's the circle of life. <laughs> the Assasaurus is, a, yeah. I believe, his dinosaur. Assasaurus. I don't know. That sounds like an Assassin's Creed DLC. <laughs> Plays That's in... pretty much what they've come to these days. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you see anything for the new one? No. It's about is Greece. It? Is it? It's about ancient Greece. Oh, no. <laughs> what it's could go wrong? So bad. Oh, oh my God. Oh, no. And I only say that because I'm biased. Because Assassin's Creed Origins dis- dis- deleted my save games. Oh, yeah. And I never <laughs> I got over that. it. Oh, that <laughs> I was, was in day. tears. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we were still roommates then. That was... Yeah. Yeah. Well, more like I was the Todd Deer Bojack Horseman at the That's time. true. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh-huh. uh, I'm, I'm going to mark this because this may or may not be funny to have in the episode. So Okay, us. I'm marking. What's up? Do you hate your old couch or is it the chair? What? So, maybe, it was, maybe it was your fiance. Didn't she hate the couch? Yeah. Um. Well. Do you want it? How much do you want for it? I'll give you that fucking couch. <laughs> Will you really? Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, shit. I would it's... be like going home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you slept on that couch. How many oh. months was it? Five. <laughs> a long time. A pack yeah. of cigarettes a week. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, God, I just... Jesus Christ. Well, the thing is, it's been offered to me that, to, like... My parents were like, oh, we'll just bring it to you if you, if James doesn't want it. I'm like, I'll ask him how much he wants. Oh, like, okay. So, Take it. Yeah, I'll just have that couch and actually have a couch, and that would be like bringing a little piece of home down to Texas. <laughs> that shitty, smelly couch. <laughs> I, I don't care. I currently have exactly zero couches. So. Oh, take the couch. I'll take the fucking couch. Yeah, baby. One man's couch is another man's couch, as Benjamin Franklin once put it. Uh, just let me know when they go down, because I have all the cushions uh, in my storage unit for some shitty reason. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to get those. But yeah, take it. Hell yeah. It is the Lord's work. Yes, but uh, maybe we should get back to the show. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> All right, so tell us about William Walker, uh, William Asshole Walkers, and then Dad. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's back in America, and he writes a book, uh, which is called War in Nicaragua. And you can read the whole thing uh, for free online. I will. <laughs> but our boy wasn't done trying to take over Central America. For Christ's oh, sake. Oh, no. 
So there are some British colonists in the Bay Islands, and they're afraid that Honduras would soon assert its power over them, so they invited William to gather an army to protect them, and maybe even go on to capture Nicaragua and Honduras too. Ah. So he does, and off he goes, and he arrives in the region, but is taken into custody by a British admiral. Oh. Because here's the thing. The British Empire is trading with all of these Central American countries, and they're also interested in making a canal through Central America somewhere near Panama. And uh, and William is a big old threat to all of this. <laughs> I bet he is. Yeah, and uh, here's the thing. If the, if the Brits return William to the United States, he's likely to return. He's done it several times. Right. <laughs> so to remedy this, the Brits just... Uh, they, uh, they decide to hand him over to the Honduran and Central American authorities oh. who uh, kind of hold a grudge against William. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. So they just sail on over and uh, they hand William Walker to Honduran uh, authorities. <laughs> and uh, this doesn't go well for old William. <laughs> He's immediately sentenced to death. <laughs> Of course. And killed by a firing squad on September 12th, 1860. <laughs> he was only 36 years old and he is buried in Honduras. <laughs> wow, what's his grave look like? It's kind of just a shitty tombstone. There was a picture of it and it's, uh, it's got a little fence around it. Nothing too it too grand. Uh, I'm look looking at it. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm on findagrave.com. <laughs> Our official sponsor of We Talk About Dead People. <laughs> and Applebee's. Uh, it is kind of shitty. <laughs> yeah. God. Nothing, nothing too special. He had no children. No children, no. And, oh, we've got some flowers. Um, do you know what that is? Not not a flower, but like flowers on Find a Grave. No. It's when you go and you, you leave a, uh, like a, a virtual flower at a grave you can't actually... Oh god. <laughs> uh, and so number one is by Douglas, and uh, it's a Confederate Fuck flag. Douglas. <laughs> right. And it just says salute. God. Uh, because you know he was trying to. Here's one by a Freemason. Of course. <laughs> because he was a charter member of the Texas Lodge Number no. Forty Six in San Juan Batista, California. So he's a Mason. Oh, well, there's that too. Um. The pieces are folding together. Yeah, so they, they're memorializing him because he was a mason. Yeah, well, let's talk about uh, his legacy for a minute. Or do you well, have more? Well, I just want to look at a couple more of these. All right. Um, lots of these are American flags. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <So> yeah. <shitty. laughs> That's so bad. I know. All right, talk about his legacy. So, let's do it. He was immediately made into a hero by many of the slave-owning states of America because he had he wanted to turn Central America into a giant slave state. Uh. And he, uh, he was fondly remembered as General Walker, the gray-eyed man of destiny. Uh, Northerners and Europeans, though, just th thought of him as a big tool and a pirate, <laughs> which is more accurate. That's definitely more accurate. Uh. Yeah. In Central America, though, William Walker's name is still well-known, and uh, their fight against him is a source of national identity and pride, which I kind of mentioned earlier, so that's that's pretty neat. And uh, many of the men who fought against Walker are remembered as national heroes in Central America. Well, that's America. good. Good. Yeah, it is. Mm. 
But other than in Central America, today William Walker is pretty much completely forgotten, which mm. is bad. Um, uh, huh? Because uh, he's an ass. We're supposed to, yeah. <laughs> We're supposed to for, forget assholes, James. Why would we need to remember oh, asses? That's true. It offends me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Why would we need to remember bastards like this? Give us one good reason. Well, I'll get to that in one second. All Are right? you serious? I will. Yes. This All is right. like a prime example of those who do not study history are doomed to repeat it. Oh. Literally. All right. Oh. All right. Okay. So we're going to fast forward. Um, America has forgotten about William Walker. It's now the 1970s, okay? Okay. And many countries in Central America are witnessing communist uprisings. And America, of course, of course is fighting against these uh, these uprisings secretly or not so secretly. But because of this, tensions are super hot in the 1970s and the 80s between the United States and many of these Central American countries. Make mm. sense? Yeah. All right. So in 1988, <laughs> President George Bush Sr. elects a new American ambassador to El Salvador to help ease tensions with the nation. And the name of this new ambassador? Oh. None other than William Walker. Oh. Who had this name purely by random chance, but America had just completely forgotten about him. And El Salvador was like, what the fuck? <laughs> It's like it's like sending a guy named Adolf Hitler to be the ambassador to Israel. It's horrible. <laughs> and this just goes to show how much America has forgotten the name of William Walker. That is awful. It is. <laughs> can you hear the lame-ass tank driving by? Yeah, I can. Yeah. All right. Fuck that guy. He comes by every <laughs> night. Um, I was going to say... so. Yeah, well, okay, that's a good case of where it's like, if you had only known, if you mm -hmm. had only known, you wouldn't have done that horrible, horrible, stupid thing. During, like, the Cold War between us and Central America, not or, a good time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was intentional, I don't know, maybe it was. Yeah, maybe Bush was like, yeah, fuck him. Uh yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I think it's probably time to head to the surface. What do you think, James? I think we're already on the surface. <laughs> I don't know. I'm fucking tired, man. Fuck yeah. Let's get to the surface. <laughs> Alright, so James, what are you going to do for the rest of the day? Um... I think, I'll, I think I'll go to Applebee's. Hmm. Can I go? No. Okay. You cannot. <laughs> so I'll just lame. go alone, get myself an apple teeny. Just two separate Applebee's. Yeah, I just think of how much I miss you. <laughs> well, just Apple believe in yourself. <laughs> than dinosaur oh, it is <laughs> oh, god on that note <laughs> i think it's time to bring the show to an end for today feel free to send all your hate tweets to wtadp podcast on twitter and we actually have a full-length handle now so if you just want to search for we talk about dead people podcast on twitter 
you can find us that way. Uh, we'll read all of your tweets, I guarantee it, and not along. And probably respond or like or whatever, but unless you hate us, which if you do, you're probably right. Um, if you like us, though, please consider funding the show by becoming a patron on patreon.com. That's patreon.com slash we talk about dead people. So far, our patrons have bought us a mic. Uh, space on the air, basically. Uh, storage space for our podcast. Hosting costs. They bought us a domain, and they are now buying a... They Well, they're about to buy uh, James a laptop that actually doesn't run like uh, an old man with one leg. So, there you go. And a cheap prostitute I found behind uh, the dumpster of a Wendy's, but... You know what? For a second there, I thought people were going to call me ableist and ageist. Mm-hmm. But now I don't have to worry. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 50 bucks, 20 bucks, even as little as a dollar, as much as it costs to buy my bones, helps tremendously. Our cover art was created by the extremely gifted Ian Patterson of Ian Patterson Illustration. You can view more of his phenomenal work at www.ipattersonillustration.com. With all that being said, we'll close out and let the sound of the Bone Wars play you out. <laughs> What's a Bone Wars sound like, James? Oh, God. You, <laughs> you don't... Uh, oh! <laughs> You ask. Huh. Time to settle in with the Book of Mormon. But really, who reads anymore? It's 2018, am I right? Oh shit, someone's at the door. Maybe it's your alien friend with a fresh batch of alien cookies. Oh yeah, come on in. <laughs> What the fuck? James, that alien looks just like you! I know, what the shit? Don't listen to him, Aaron! He's he's lying! He's he's lying! Uh, Jim, I don't understand a word he's saying. What, what do you mean? He, he's speaking perfect English. No, he's obviously speaking some alien language from another dimension. Okay, then why can I understand him? Uh, I don't know, James. Why can you understand him? I, I don't know. I just do J- Jim? Jim? Are you an alien, Jim? No, I'm, I I mean, at least I don't think I am, but I don't- I don't know! God damn it, there's only one way to find out. No! Let me see some ID. Oh. Oh, shit. Well, here. Mm, looks good. Looks good. Wait. Wait. What? Your date of birth. What about it? Well, uh, it says here that you were born in 2000... 899. What? Give me that! No. This is impossible. What could this possibly mean? It it means that... that Shit, I don't know! It must mean that you're from the future! But I, I can't be from the future! I have no future! Well, apparently you do, at least like 900 years of it. Oh, you mean I have years left to live? And I have to make the most of them? Sure looks like it, buddy. Oh, God. I don't know what to do with this information except buy stock in Burger King! Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs>
someone I love Come on I wonder Well, 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 little baby Will you think of me Every day Thank you. 